Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, everybody, and welcome back to episode 14 of the Sacred Icon Halo podcast, where we talk all things Halo. Brian and I are finally back, reunited, and it feels so good. And we got a lot to talk about. It's our first full Halo episode of 2020, and I'm so glad to be here. So let's get right into things. We got your host here. We got me, and we got Brian. Brian, how you doing, man? Dude, I can't believe it's been like a month since you and I had a podcast, a full-length Halo podcast, just the two of us. Feels weird. Feels super weird. It feels like we like went on a hiatus, but really we didn't because we put out episodes with guests. We put out a Star Wars episode. We did our recent Side A, Side B, small episodes. But just the two of us alone talking about Halo, it feels like forever. And it's the first episode of 2020, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah it's crazy. It, it's weird too, dude, because like, we still talked every day. But it just got yeah. super busy. Back I mean, the holidays and like all the Star Wars stuff, you know, the Witcher show, like there's so much content Christmas to consume. And New Year's and yeah. Yeah. Insane. You had to do a lot of driving. So seeing family sure. and all that stuff. So, but uh, yeah. It's on so, the Halo docket, Josh. What's, what's, what's going on? Oh, man. A lot of stuff, surprisingly. Like they've, okay. So I've noticed so far they haven't really said too, too much this year as it started. You know, I think they've done a couple streams, but there was um, a, a couple announcements right at the back end of 2019. That feels so weird to say. It feels like it's so long ago every time I say something like that, but it's, it's just like three weeks ago. Well, when I think of 2020, I'm like, the fact that there's not flying cars, something's wrong. Like, <laughs> we, we have to be in around the future. Wow. Think about this. Blade Runner 2049. Obviously, that movie takes place in 2049. Do you really think in 29 years we're going to look anything like that? There's no way. No, not even close. I'd like the I'd like some of the aesthetics to look that way, but I wouldn't like it to be. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy to think is like we're probably going to be alive. I mean, I hope. I mean, I guess we don't really know, but I really hope we're alive in twenty. If we live a normal life without some issue, we'll be alive in twenty forty nine, and we're going to be like this is the same year as Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I'm driving a two thousand eighteen Ford Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because that was my first car, not a not a 2018, but it was. A I know that's why I actually thought of your car, but I just I, I had to say 2018 because it's it's not very believable that you'd be driving like a 2004 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, all right. Yeah. So first things first. Um, Dreamhack Atlanta, or I'm sorry, Dreamhack Anaheim 2020 uh, was announced 
uh, as the first Halo esports event of 2020. This is going to be taking place uh, between February 21st and 23rd at the Anaheim Convention Center in California. So for anyone interested in that kind of stuff, be sure to check out dreamhack.com forward slash Anaheim. That's pretty cool, right, Brian? I mean, it seems like end of February. I mean, that's not too, too far into the year, and they're already kicking some stuff off. So even though that's not quite our our thing to watch those. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good time to, to do that because, like, in the grand, ski, grand scope of Halo info for 2020, this isn't going to be the biggest thing by far. Yeah. Uh, so kind of kind of give us the calm before the storm now and get trickled the stuff out now. I mean, once once they go into that full Halo Infinite marketing campaign, it's going to be the hype train and it's going to be all people are talking about, you know, everything's going to blow up and uh, now is the time to get uh, to do what the last things they want to do with anything MCC or Halo 5 related before Infinite dominates the conversation. So Yep. So speaking of that, actually, Halo 5, um, in a Waypoint article published on the 19th of December, uh, they were quoted as saying, As mentioned in a community update back in October, we'll be looking to reduce the amount of playlists in 2020 to ensure a quality matchmaking experience across the entire game. Again, this is Halo 5. This reduction will begin when we come back from the holiday break and get to examine current player trends. Over the past four years, we've continuously added playlists to the point where we now have 18 unique playlists, sometimes even more. This upcoming year will reel things in a bit to maintain good connections, search times, and match fairness. Throughout 2020, we'll work to ensure Halo 5 maintains its high-quality bar for online play, has diverse and engaging playlist offerings rotating in, and is ultimately set up to succeed on its own when Halo Infinite launches next holiday season. So, you know, i got to admit, to its credit, like, when we were on there the other day and I was getting the playlist set up before we played, like, there's a lot. There is a ton there. Yeah. Like, not just in the, like, ranked, but then you have the social and then you have the Warzone stuff, too. Like... So I kind of can't blame them for wanting to minimize that because you know as soon as it gets closer to infinite, I think it's I think it's the best thing is to get it down to the core stuff and be able to keep the player base that's there thriving because it is it's a it's a lose lose situation because if they leave everything there, you're gonna see people especially more to, after infinite's come out you're gonna see people who are complaining. Halo 5, you know, it takes forever to find players and the community's too split because you haven't brought the play, play, playlist down. But since they are bringing the playlist down, you're now going to have people that are going, what, the best the best playlist in the game was blah, 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 and now it's gone. Halo 5 sucks, 343 sucks, I quit, game over. You know, like... Yeah. And it's just like, and, I, and don't get me wrong, like, like, I'm somebody who loves Mythic Arena and I know that's going away and, like, if I could selfishly choose... I'd make one of the playlists that stays Mythic Arena, but I don't think that's going to be one that let me, makes the cut. I'm sorry, man. Let me, let me cut in for a second. Let me pick your brain. Do you think there's at all a small chance that they're going to bring that back or decide to, like, extend it or keep it? Because it, it was received mm. very well, obviously. Well, it's really hard to say because I'm, I'm judging off of what I've heard on the Twitter. Aren't you? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I'm judging off the of Twitter. Um, which actually, this is this is like a subtopic that I didn't even tell Josh. I, he kind of brought this up right now, and I'm kind of going to go away with it here for a second. We'll see. It could be two minutes, could be five minutes. I don't know. It's crazy how like, and Josh, interrupt me if I'm saying something you don't agree with. Josh and I, I don't agree with it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is the best. No. Um, <laughs> 
Um, before Josh and I got into the Twitter podcast game, we were obviously both big Halo fans and, and loved Halo. But we kind of had this understanding that Halo just wasn't that relevant anymore and that, quote-unquote, everyone hated new Halo. And I say quote-unquote because I'm talking about, you know, the mainstream universal audience. It just, it just seemed like Halo was not that uh, talked about or popular and it kind of had been falling to the background. Well, then as soon as Josh and I get into the Twitter podcasting game, you discover, no, there's a, there's a huge following of people just like us that love Halo that have been around for a long time and their their Halo love hasn't dwindled. They're they're just as active. They're they're making stuff for the community. They're they're engaging in the community. They're actively waiting for the next game. You know, going to Outpost Discovery, all that different stuff. Um, so um, when it comes to the whole, the reason I bring this up is because Josh mentioned Mythic Arena and like it, it going over really well. Judging by the Halo Twitter and like Twitter in general and the internet, I feel like. Yeah, Mythic Arena did go over really well, um, but in the grand scheme of things, like, what's the mainstream audience doing? Like, worldwide for Halo 5, how many people were playing Mythic Arena? I don't know. It's just a different thing. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, did they release those statistics at all? Like, if it was for a Mythic high Arena? Count? Yeah, I just know it was received uh, well. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I don't know yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting because, like, still been into halo like prior to doing the podcast i was still into halo but it just it did kind of feel like kind of felt like it wasn't relevant anymore like we're the only one that cared i mean yeah you know me yeah i I hate to compare it to i'm always going to be bringing up star wars but star wars and and halo has a lot of overlap let's just say let's just be real man uh i just feel bad sometimes but yeah i mean it's kind of like when the original trilogy came out and then you just kind of had those like the books that started coming out in like I think the 90s, like the Thrawn trilogy and stuff. But, I mean, you had a pretty big gap, and it just it got to a point where it felt like Star Wars wasn't relevant for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. So it just kind of felt like, even though there's still been books and comics and stuff for Halo, like, it just, it felt, I don't know, I'm trying to think. It, it It's like, uh, just the way it was received, the way people were online and stuff like that, it almost felt like a sports player who's past his prime, you know? And he's still kind of hanging in there, but people don't really talk about him anymore. So it was kind of cool to, as we've done this, to like see the enthusiasm and the positivity. And then also, like you and I have gone back and we've been playing Halo Five. You know, not just Reach because of its relevancy, but like we've gone back. That's what we're playing more. So it's cool to see like people like starting to sort of like open up the windows and open the doors, and they're like, oh, like Halo. You know, like oh yeah, I do love that game. Yeah actually talk about it and feel like they can talk about it so uh but in regards to mythic arena man like i think that was definitely a cool thing whatever whether or not they had an agenda with that like i don't know but it was cool to see at the tail end of 2019 to get something new from halo 5 because i know i feel like the first half of this year is going to be like the calm before the storm kind of like you said and then as soon as we get to that point of e3 it's going to take off like a rocket you know? well, yeah, because we—I don't think we've ever had quite this much silence before a release. Like, assumedly, and I, I think some things are going to happen long before E3, if I'm honest. But by the time E3 happens, we're going to have gameplay, both multiplayer and campaign. We're going to have a new trailer. We're going to have commercials. We're going to have details. We're going to have new artwork or, or stuff like that. You know, there's going to be a lot to talk about, and usually. In the past, you know, the information's been more drip-fed, 
but by the nature of it coming out this year and us still not knowing much, it's going to be a lot more coming at you quick. So there's just going to be a lot to cover. Like me and Josh have talked about, like, you know, we could, we could make a 30-minute conversation out of that uh, that brief Master Chief segment from uh, the Game Awards, you know, oh, yeah. running. We could make a 30-minute conversation about that because it's all we had to go off of. But if, you know, in March... 343 decides to drop gameplay footage and cover art. Well, they already give us cover art, but, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. Like, we're going to have, like, 18 hours of stuff to talk about, and we only can do a two-, three-hour podcast. So it's just kind of crazy how that works out. But uh, I was going to ask you, dude, uh, do you feel like – do you feel like you, – you mentioned, like, sort of radio silence and stuff like that a bit. Like, do you feel like it would have been much more noticeable had we not had things like Outpost Discovery and Halo Reach coming to MCC? Like – since we had some of that stuff in our face in like Mythic Arena right at the end, do you feel like it would have, had they not, if you just completely take that out, would it have felt more, even more like Radio Silence? Um, I think for the hardcore Halo community like us and, and the people on Twitter and stuff, but for the general audience, like, and this is just my opinion, I don't really have any statistics to back this up, but for the general audience, I feel like mainstream people out there just kind of see it like, oh, Halo 5 came out and we still haven't got anything. You know, I don't, I don't think they're counting a playlist or reach being added as like oh, that's then again point. then again though here's where I'll also play devil's advocate the fact that it came to PC is huge that's that's the thing the fact that it came to PC is what's making that's probably the most important thing of 2019 is that Halo's on PC now yeah it's dude, it's still surreal to me as soon as that came to the Master Chief collection and I played it I played it for like the multiplayer side I played it pretty pretty hardcore for the first like week and then i was itching to play halo 5 played it with justin played it with you and like dude it's got me back like there's times i've come back to halo 5's multiplayer and i'll play it for like a week or i'll play it for like a couple days and then i just i move on and go back to something else whatever this time it's like i'm still playing it like every couple days you know if not a couple days here and there so i don't know i'm i think it's pretty cool just to get back on uh, on topic like I get why they want to minimize it. I feel like that's obvious because they know the player base is going to start spreading a bit, as as especially if they have plans to do a flight, you know, slash beta. Um, and I, I think also for people who maybe don't like Halo Infinite or people who just love Halo Five so much, you know, and they want to, they prefer that multiplayer. By the time Infinite comes out, they want to be able to go on there and get into a match. Yeah, I can. I, it makes me think about like pretty much. As every Halo games come out, like, I, I started playing Halo when Halo 2 was the newest Halo. And, like, as every Halo came out, there becomes this point after you've played the new Halo long enough, you started, you want to go, you want to go back and experience the old one again. For yep. whatever reason. Yeah. And when you do. Every one, time. Yeah. One, when you do, one of two things happen. Either you go back and you're like, oh, man, this is way better. Or, oh, man, this kind of sucked. Like, you go, you goes either way. But, like, needless to say people eventually want to go back and experience the last Halo. So it's a good thing they're putting five in a good position, especially since we don't know what direction Infinite's going to go. But one thing we can say for certain is that no two Halo multiplayers have ever been the exact same, ever. It's never happened. Um, They've been similar. I think people would say two and three were very similar. Um, But they've never been the same. So I would have to place all my chips on the fact that something is going to change about the multiplayer in Halo Infinite, whether it's something marginal, like it's basically Halo 5, but with a new ability added or a couple abilities subtracted, 
or something huge like it's classic Halo gameplay, which Josh and I very much don't think that's going to be the case. But um, either way, there's going to be people who want to go back to Halo 5. There's going to be people who who play Infinite for a year, and then they're going to go back to Halo 5, and they're going to either be like, oh, Halo 5 was way better, or they're going to be like, oh, thank God, we're not, we don't have Halo 5 anymore. I hated this. You know, yeah, dude, I really wanted to ask you this, because I think we, t- we talked about this in one of the other episodes, but with all this stuff we've been talking about lately, especially with Star Wars off-air, like... Dude, okay, hypothetically speaking, put yourself in the position of this game being out. Let's just say hypothetically it's it's a, like it is a genuine soft reboot and the multiplayer is more of a classic like no sprint type of mythic or like Halo mm-hmm. 2 slash 3 type thing. Like even though that is going to be well received by some, it's obviously not going to be well received by others. What do you think the general consensus would be like overall, like with that, like just after the dust has settled, the game's release at like it's a month past the game being out. If it's classic Halo, yeah. If it's if it's almost like a Force Awakens, yeah. rather than like a brand new, really, you know, from completely from the ground up. I mean, like once again, once again, it's Star Wars, but that is that's a good comparison. Yeah. I think the honest truth here is, and people who. People who I love want, Force Awakens, by the way, but yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, people who um, want classic Halo are going to hate what I'm about to say, but I think that all the evidence from other franchises that have dipped their toes in the soft reboot or going back to roots type thing, once the dust has settled, there's been a lot of negativity around the fact that they didn't decide to move forward and they decided to regress in a, in a, for, in a, in a way. So, like, for instance, you know, Force Awakens gets a lot of credit for... Uh, bringing fans back to what they thought was familiar Star Wars. Um, but as the dust started to settle, very much became a common complaint that it was a New Hope remade all over again, that it didn't it didn't introduce much new to the Star Wars canon, and that's still something that's held against it and the sequel trilogy as a whole. So I think if we get, like... I think right now, if, like, 343 announced Halo Infinite's going to have classic multiplayer, there's going to be a huge, like scream of excitement from the rippling across the Halo community. Obviously there's going to be people who will be people who are going to be upset. There's going to be tons of excitement. And then those very some of those very same people months or years after Halo Infinite's come out, they're going to say, "Oh man, uh, you know, Halo 5 was an evolution in the gameplay and we were that was that was a direction they were moving forward and instead, you know, we took a step back and that wasn't the right thing to do." Um, so I mean, obviously People, all, everyone has different opinions. You're going to have people that just want to play classic Halo to the end of time. Personally, I would be fine with playing classic Halo to the end of the time, to the end of time, or having it continue to evolve. I think Josh is more in the evolve camp. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, I, just don't, I don't want people ahead. to. I'm sorry, man. I just, I can, I, I can see a scenario where if this hypothetical thing was the case that people will go back and play Halo Five. Like you'll have this hardcore group for sure. You know, that I'll go back and play Halo 5, but then they'll complain about how at least Halo 5 did this. You know, it's almost like yeah. there's no winning. How like Rise of Skywalker comes out. Some people are so upset with it. The, the ones who previously hated Last Jedi will say, well, at least Last Jedi did this or at least, you know, it's like it's like when they don't like something and then something else comes out. And for whatever reason, they don't like they like it even less. Suddenly they hop on the bandwagon of liking the thing they previously hated. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's gonna, that could happen, but I just think in that scenario, that's a possibility. I mean, we gotta we gotta think here, like what's what's gonna be the best for Halo long term? Because like Microsoft and three four three are not looking to please the Halo Twitter fan base. Like that's not their bottom line. Their bottom line is how do we continue to grow Halo, 
make Halo more relevant, make Halo more profitable, keep Halo relevant for years and years to come. You already have people that are fans of Halo that are 10, 15 years younger than Josh and I, and they got in Halo on Reach or on 4 or 5, whatever, and the kind of Halo they know is the one that has Sprint, the one that has types of armor abilities. And to them, looking back at the original trilogy is can be boring or it can be like lackluster because they started with this stuff. Um, and then you get so you get not only do you got to look back, but you got to look forward, and that's what's so hard about long long running franchises. Same thing happened to Star Wars. Um, you know, George Lucas tried to do something really different with the prequels. Without getting to all of that, they weren't well received at the time. Um, so then Disney, years later, they they say let's just stick to what people know and what they like, and then it was kind of unoriginal. So you have to walk a fine line between the two. So when Halo Infinite comes out, they're trying to win over new audiences. There's going to be kids that play Halo Infinite. It's going to be their first exposure to Halo ever. That's crazy, but cool. Then you're going to have people like me and Josh and many of you who are here since the beginning. Then you're going to, like I said, you're going to have people that started with Reach or 4 or 5. How do you maintain what people love and move forward? You know, I don't I don't think catering to a specific time period's audience is a good idea. I mean... It can it can win over a crowd for a while. Like I think Force Awakens won over the Star Wars fan base for a while, but it didn't last. Um, so I think the same thing would happen with Infinite. I think Infinite needs to it needs to re- it needs to identify its core concepts, rest in those, and discern which things can move forward. Like I, I, I this is just an opinion, of course, and I know I'm, I'm going on and on on here, but oh, like, you're good, man. Keep going. Like for instance, with Halo. Reach and Halo 4, Bungie slash 343 wanted to move things forward and introduce abilities, but it compromised one of the core things about Halo, which was even starts and power weapons on map and, and, and balance. So to me, Halo 5 was the, was the proper evolution and correction of that issue. Halo 5 said, let's keep abilities that were evolving the series forward but let's rest in the in the core concept of Halo being balanced and Halo having power weapons and even starts. So they, they kind of combine those two things, and that's what you get in Halo 5. You get in Halo 5, everyone has these abilities. They all work exactly the same, and everyone starts with the same guns. Now go. So they've introduced more, but they rested in the base concept. And that's kind of where the same thing can be applied to, to campaign and story. If you look at like the original Halo trilogy... There was deep lore and mystery, but a fairly easily digestible mainline story with characters that you could relate to through the trilogy. But if you wanted to delve into that mystery, that deep lore, you could. Then you get to Halo 4. Halo 5 gets a lot more... I'm a huge Halo 4 fan. You know, I think it's a great game. You get to Halo 4 and Halo 5. It's a lot more convoluted. Things are less explained. Things are tied to side material more. So you have, you know, the benefit of the deep lore, but then you lose that easy accessibility that the original trilogy had. So, you know, identify the core concepts, just keep those grounded, and then move the evolution forward. I don't know, that's yeah, what I have know, to say. That, that actually makes me think of something I wanted to ask you. Like, we're about to, with Halo Infinite, we're about to enter, like, a new phase. You know, a new era of Halo, pretty much. Because obviously... With that game's gonna come 
additional stuff. We'll eventually get, we'll get some more books and more comics, um, all that kind of stuff. So what's something, is there anything you think outside of the game? Do you think there's anything that they might have learned that you'd like to see applied going forward? Like, like one example being like, you know, how a lot of the books have, you know, you, you they're almost required reading to understand some of the stuff that's come in the games. Is this something like you'd like to see kind of changed and be okay. more self reading rather than required? I've got so much to say, Josh. I love this yeah. question. It's a great question. Yeah. Also, once again, apologize. I don't know if me and Josh are bringing up Star Wars so much because we're fans or because it's relevant or because it really does apply to Halo and I feel like it does apply. But let me let me give you a couple examples here. So if you look at Star Wars, Rogue One and Solo are both non-essential to understanding the story of Star Wars. Those movies could be burned in a trash fire, and we wouldn't have lost anything of value to the central... Jedi text! Yes, exactly. (laughs) We wouldn't have lost anything of significant value to understanding the story. But what can we both argue that Solo and Rogue One does? It enhances the the mainline story. You know, when you watch A New Hope, you're like, I know how they got the plans. I know what they had to go through. I know where they just came from. You know, when you watch, uh, you know, the original trilogy and, and Han references the Kessel Run, you're like, I remember when he did that because he watched the film. Like, they enhance the main stuff by supplying extra material that's not required. And I think that's exactly what Halo needs to do going forward is... Give us great side content, great books, novels, tie-in shows, movies, whatever, but make it non—make it worth it, but not essential. Like the same way that Rogue One and Solo are, because you look at the—you look at like, um, well, I guess I, I, less. I have less to say about Star Wars in that matter, but like with Halo, you look at four and five, you're missing so much by not knowing the extra material. Yeah, it—it it, the extra material actually makes those games. as singular products worse because of it. Whereas Rogue One just enhances A New Hope. Solo just enhances the character on Solo. Um, And then this kind of brings me back to something that um, Late Night Gaming said on our guest episode. He was talking about how he had talks with 343 and whatnot, and there was this understanding that when they took over Halo... They needed to find... They needed to be their own studio and, and have their own identity... Because they didn't want to be seen as, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I'm just going off of what uh, Late Night said, but um, they, they wanted to have their own identity, and they didn't want to be seen as someone who just milked, you know, what um, Bungie had done with their games. And you can kind of apply that to Star Wars as well, where, where it's like the sequel trilogy is very obviously milking the original trilogy. It's, it's taking that forward and, and kind of trying to harken back to that. So... 343 kind of suffered a different thing that I feel like most people who take over a property, they fall, they're more likely to fall into the milking what worked than they are falling into the let's do something way different. But Mm -hmm. 343 was different and I I admire them for it. They said, we need to do something different. We need to give some people something that they haven't had before. And they did Halo 4 and Halo 5. And ultimately, it just didn't, it just wasn't the direction that was going to work for the overall fan base. And what Late Night Gaming said to me on that, on that uh, guest episode was that they've now come to the realization 
that it's okay for them to make something that feels very Halo. It's okay for them to rest in the things that are very essentially, notably core Halo. Because if you look at Halo before 343 acquired, or, you know, acquired is one way to put it, but before 343 took leadership of Halo, mm-hmm. of course you had the Bungie games that were, the, that you know, Halo games that were made by Bungie, but you had tons of extended material that was written by people that weren't Bungie. Some of those books we know for a fact Bungie didn't even want created, but they were there, like Fall of Reach. That is seen as a core, amazing lore bit of Halo, but it wasn't by Bungie. You look at um, uh, Halo Wars, that wasn't done by Bungie. And you even look at Bungie itself, and you look at the pe- if you go into the credits and you look at the people who did different things for the three different games, different people worked on those games. Some people who led one thing in Halo 1 weren't there for Halo 2. Some things that people did in Halo 2, they got a different role in Halo 3. Like, we, it's nice to identify the games under the banner of Bungie or, you know, or whatever, or even the books. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people that have been involved and a lot of people that added to this universe. And they've added to it in ways that feels natural, much like Rogue One or Solo does. Fall of Reach... Reading that book feels very natural as a Halo fan. You play Halo Combat Evolved, you read Halo Reach, it feels so natural. It's essentially like Rogue One. Um, but then you you read a, a book like, um, like having to read like the 400 trilogy, which I love, to play Halo 4, that doesn't work. It just doesn't work the same. Um, so long story short, Late Night Gaming said that um, you know you look at Halo Wars 2, Halo Wars 2 is very much, and I know Josh, you haven't really played it, but it's very much resting in what Bungie's already done. It's got Covenant, it's got the Ark, it's got similar art style, yet it still worked and people liked it. So I think with Halo Infinite, they're going to very much try to go back to the roots of Halo and do things that people love, things that people know, and that's okay. Just move it forward. Like, don't don't tell... Halo Infinite should not tell the exact same story as Halo 1. Even though I might enjoy it, that would be a mistake. But it can take place on a Halo ring. You can be a classic-looking chief in his classic armor. You can do classic things like save Marines that have crash-landed on Halo. That's fine. But just give it a little bit of... Give it something new. You know what I mean? What was your original question, Josh? I feel like I answered it, but I, I don't recall what it was. I don't know at this point. I don't know, but, but that's I, good though. I love this is all this is all deviated from Halo yeah. Five matchmaking, so I love it. Well, but. I just think, and I just think because Josh and I were talking about it yesterday, we were playing Battlefront Two. Uh, we were talking about this, and it's like, you know, Rogue One and Solo and Mandalorian. I don't know why I haven't mentioned that so far. They really just enhance the Star Wars we already had. And actually, I should mention this is this is not. Disney, but the Clone Wars really enhanced the prequel trilogy. It just made it just like added layers of meat to something we already had instead of just drawing it. Like, it's almost like this. It's almost like the... And I'm a huge sequel trilogy fan, so if you guys think I'm dogging it, I actually love it. Um, it's like the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. It took it took like the meat of the original trilogy and it thinned it out across three more movies. You see what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah, you're talking about the sequel trilogy? Yeah, sequel trilogy. It's like, here's all the meat of the OG trilogy. Let's take some of that and thin it out into three more films because it's it's very much derived from the original trilogy. Well, then you look at something like the prequels, and the prequels is like this chunk of meat, and then you add the Clone Wars, and the meat, it's a bigger chunk of meat. It's like, okay, now the, now the Clone Wars 
or now the prequel trilogy is meatier. It's better because we've added the supplementary supplementary material. It's not required, but enhances the hell out of it. Yeah, and you know what? Rebels itself actually does a really good job of like taking aesthetics things from prequel trilogy and then the original, and you and feel kind that of combining them. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. So I like I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying definitely. Uh, but back on to Halo because uh, we got a lot of 2020 stuff to talk about. Um, one of the, they said too. Uh, this is I feel like this is more one of the more irrelevant things, but it's still worth talking about. I felt uh, it's on the subject of Halo Waypoint. They said in the same article, as we prepare for the launch of Halo Infinite in 2020, we've decided to give the site a fresh coat of paint. Our current plan for Waypoint is to make sure this overhaul, which will actually be much more than a fresh coat of paint, truly improves every aspect of the current site. We did not want to provide a heads up. That there may be, or I'm sorry, we did want to provide a heads up that there may be features of the existing site that don't transition over to the new one. That means if there are any forum posts, stat pages, or community updates that you wouldn't want to get lost to the other or either, <laughs> we'd encourage you to start thinking about saving them for your own records just in case. So, sounds like with Halo Infinite, they're going to be trying to like revamp Waypoint, right, and try to make it relevant again. Yeah, it's not used as much. Like even the Spartan Company stuff, I feel like it's it, that stuff is so cool. When I go on there and I look on the page and I see the Spartan Company and I see my own stats and just you know what, how many kills I've gotten with a weapon and and things like that, it, it's amazing. Like I love, you know, I love stats. I love the analytics of it, but like it's just, it feels kind of underutilized. Um, you know, I've I think I've said it before to you, but I don't know if I have. I know I've definitely said it to someone. Um, and this is not at all against. This is not a dog on three four three. But I've said it before, Halo Waypoint is awful. Halo Waypoint is an awful website. It's it's not very well designed. It's not very intuitive. It doesn't grab your attention properly. It does, Nothing makes you want to spend time there. Just everything about it. And then the forums, don't even get me started on the forums. The forums are horribly designed. There's a million categories with a million different subcategories. And it's not very organized well at all. Everything's all the font is capitalized. The 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 colorization of the website makes it hard to discern what you're reading, and it's just awful. And here's the truth of the matter. I don't care if people agree with me or not. I'm just telling you, this is the truth of the matter. Anybody who wants to have deep Halo conversation that's going to lead to like really good um, intellectual discussions. They don't go to Halo Waypoint. Everyone knows Halo Waypoint is not a good place to have Halo discussions. They go to the Twitter. They go to Halo Twitter. They go to Reddit, Reddit even. Or yeah. they go to Reddit. Or they go to Resetera. Or in the, yeah. in the old days, or maybe somewhat still now, they go to NeoGAF. People go to these other places where they know they're going to find good, deep, intellectual conversation to talk about Halo because they know they can't find it at Halo Waypoint. And I've said that's been an issue for a long time. I think that's something they really need to fix. Um, the one negative... The one thing that they're going to always be fighting an uphill battle with is that by the nature of being Halo's official website, you have to allow everyone to come there and make an account, which you should. Don't get me wrong. I think you should. But you get a, if you go look at the threads on Halo Waypoint, you get you get people that make th- that make threads that are just just completely useless. Like the threads like, you know, um, I really I really hated when you know, this plasma rifle lost its animation or, or somebody's like three, four, three sucks because of this, like they're not actual discussions that warrant, you know, I get it. You're saying they're not contributing to, they're not contributing. It's just a bunch of garbage. Like most of the site, like there's definitely, don't get me wrong. There's definitely gems in Halo Waypoint. And I know from Twitter that there's really 
awesome Twitter Halo fans that also contribute on Halo Waypoint. But the vast majority of it is just, they're just people who went to Halo, like they had an issue, they went to Halo.com, they logged in with their gamer tag, and they started posting. Like it's not community members of value a lot of times. Um, and I feel like I've been really harsh with that, but the reason I, I sound so harsh with that is because as a longtime Halo fan, I, I love discussion, like engaging in Halo discussion, and I haven't been able to do that on Halo Waypoint because it's just a poor, it's just a very poor way to do so. And I've had to go to places like Resetera and now Twitter. Twitter's my favorite place to talk about Halo with people. Um, but yeah, they could definitely, definitely my two biggest, my well, three biggest recommendations: make the aesthetic of the site more pleasing to the eye. Secondly. Make as little categories in your forums as possible. We don't need a forum for MCC. We don't need three forums just for MCC and then another forum to talk about the games that are in MCC. Like, that's what they have right now. If you want to talk about Halo 4, the non-MCC edition, as its own forum. That's silly. Just don't. Yeah. It seems um, like it needs to be a bit compressed. Yeah. And uh, just, just compress it, change the aesthetic, and... I don't know, just find a way to encourage encourage good discussion there. That's all I have to say. I get it. I mean, I, I think to be fair, like I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I just feel like, to be fair though, I don't know if most people use, you know, their the games message boards as much. Like like see if these is an example. Their their message boards is active, but I think I see more like looking for group posts and stuff like that on on Reddit and, and Discord and things like that. So I Halo has I mean, the lore it, side of the community, the lore side, and then the the technical the technical competitive side. I feel like that's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's two things that Sea of Thieves doesn't have. You have your real hardcore technical competitive people who want to talk, and then you have your deep lore. Does Sea of Thieves have yeah, deep lore? Sea of Thieves is, it's got just a tiny bit, nothing like Halo though, but it's still new. It's still new. I would just say Sea of Thieves is more, it's just more of a little bit of everything. Yeah. So it's 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 not, uh, the only the only reason I'm comparing that because there's two completely different things. It's just in terms of, you know, message boards and stuff like that. So, but I just, you know, people use other things like Reddit and Resetera, like you said, and all that aforements and stuff. But, yeah, I'd like to see it redesigned. It definitely feels a bit stale. I'd like to spend time there. I would like to think, like, because it got to the point where, you know, it wasn't until we, we stumbled upon Twitter and the Twitter Halo community that we really started having good discussions with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to just think to myself, oh, I want to talk about Halo and have good discussions. I'll go to Halo's official website. Yeah. Uh, that'd be nice. Well, too, I, I, you know, something like Spartan Company that's on there, like, you can't really go into it as in depth, like in Halo Five, as an example, as you can on the website. Like you have to go to the website, and I mean that's, that I get that that makes sense, but like I think when we made our Spartan company way back, like I think everyone got a rec pack or something, but like there's nothing else. Like what's the point of it existing really, other other than that? Like I mean, there's there's no like give give us a reason that we have it like i'd love to see halo infinite bring back something like clans or you know well, see, i wasn't really doing it but like weren't clans and halo 2 much bigger deal like i feel like they yeah. i like there was less people playing halo back then than now probably because there's way more clans members, clans but, were huge in halo 2 that's yeah. the thing and i remember they took it out i think they took it out eventually like but before halo 3 came out clans had been removed from halo 2 if i'm not mistaken but the thing is, like, I remember getting in a lobby with a. I went in with a friend, and we went into this one lobby of a clan, and they wanted to sort of screen us and like test us out, basically see if we were good. Like, it was a big deal for a lot of people. Yeah. And whether it's competitive or casual, like, I would love to see them take something that is on there, you know, being Halo Waypoint, yeah. and actually give us a reason. Like, like I just think that's such a cool thing. Like, like, give us, give it some justification for existing, more than just 
oh hey you know you can literally it, it's like a friends list and we already have a friends list yeah it's so. kind of it's kind of just kind of one of those things where it's like it's cool to say join my spartan company but then once you do there's nothing there's to nothing it. yeah yeah it's, it's kind of it's a, superficial it's kind of a and i think everyone knows that yeah yeah um but yeah, uh, overall on that uh, closing statement for me is is I, I pretty much agree with you, Brian. I think you said it best. Like, it's it's stale to me, and I think it needs to be redesigned. And I would love that. Just you know, Halo Infants coming out. We're in a new era. Like, let's give that a fresh coat of paint. Let's 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 soup it up. I'm not, and I'm not saying they're perfect, but the, even the Bungie forums now. If you go there for Destiny, it's still two three steps above Halo Waypoint. Hmm. Okay, I don't I don't I haven't done that, but. Uh, but yeah, that being said, the people that work on it, of course, you know, and that can contribute to the the articles and stuff like that. Like they they've been so transparent. That's the one thing I will say. Like they've been so transparent on their news articles, their Halo bulletins and stuff like that. On like these, I've been reading off. Like there's so much insight that we get that we just didn't get. Yeah. A couple years ago, like I hate you know I, we said it before, but because of I think MCC f- sort of failing out of the gate like it did, it helped them get more transparent like we need to be we need to talk to you guys and let you guys know what's going on yeah and i'm not really like mad at anybody at three four anybody period uh for the halo waypoint uh, website i just i just think i'm stating the obvious about how it's not it's not doing it's it's due diligence and i think uh with everything they've had they've been through such as forming a studio creating halo 4 creating mcc fixing that and making halo infinite the last thing on their minds has probably been we need to fix the website yeah exactly uh, but you know what? Actually, uh, in addition to that, before we move on, let me ask you something, dude. Uh, I feel like I got I, I got so many questions brewing from from all these talks. It's good, dude. Let's so, talk about them. Yeah. Uh, what about the Halo Channel, man? There's, I will say, there's oh nothing my God. about that. Now, when that came out, I was excited. I love the idea, but I don't like how it's. Oh my gosh. No, you feel the same Ooh. way, correct? Like, hit for tat. Get me warmed up here. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about it. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. Whenever somebody says talk about it, I think of Machine Gun Kelly. You hear about that? No, I don't. I don't. I, oh, it's like this. It's like this rap. This rap artist. He he like he did a, a YouTube video dissing Eminem, and like his uh, his main like course was like he like he dissed Eminem. He's like, come on, let's talk about it. Let's talk about <laughs> it. So every time you say let's talk about it, I just picture Machine Gun Kelly. But anyways, <laughs> now listen very clearly to what I'm about to say because it might be it's going to sound like I'm I'm saying the opposite of what I just said. They also had an app for the Xbox 360 called Halo Waypoint. It was not the website that Josh and I were just talking about. HaloWaypoint.com is not the same thing as the Halo Waypoint app that was on Xbox 360. The Halo Waypoint app that was on Xbox 360 was actually really good, and I actually visited it quite frequently. It was well done. They provided plenty of, like, videos, documentaries, uh, screenshots, different things to look at. It was fun to be there, and the aesthetic of the app was very easy to use, and, and it, it looked very Halo. I don't know why they got rid of that. Halo Channel was only relevant the year in which it came out. That's about it. And I think the last time it was updated was like 2016. Nobody goes there. It's pointless. Sadly, a bunch of the terminals that are in MCC are tied directly to that app. So if they, I don't even know if they can remove that app like properly without. If they if they got a di- if they made a different app, they'd have to like reconnect it to MCC for those yeah, terminals. I know what you're saying. Um, so the, the the Halo channel is just it's it's awful. Like you could pull you could pull out your phone out of your pocket while you're on your Xbox and look up anything that's on Halo channel with just your web browser, much more conveniently. Um, so my recommendation is either scrap the Halo channel altogether, don't even do anything like that, 
because it's not used, or bring back Halo Waypoint app from 360. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I loved the idea of the Halo channel when it was coming out. And initially, I, I because it was new, I loved it. Like, I love how it looked and everything. But then after a while, I was like, man, this is, like, tricky to navigate. And I'd be going to try to find specific videos and stuff. And I just, like, I had to, like. It's a poor design. I had to work. Yeah, I had to work through stuff. So, I I don't know if they're doing anything with that or not. But I would love to see that get a an, a fresh, complete overhaul. That would be so cool. Because I love the idea. I love I love that it, it it's a thing, you know. Like, that's cool. That's It's a all in one place on your Xbox, yeah. you know, without going on your phone or your, your laptop. Also, to give credit. To give credit where it's due, um, on the 360, Bungie was still making their Halo games, and one of 343's first projects was making Halo Waypoint. So back then you had an entire... Now, obviously, they weren't completely built up yet, but you had an entire separate studio making Halo Waypoint. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't like, it wasn't like Bungie made Halo Waypoint, and then 343 took over, and then they made Halo Channel, and it sucked. That's not how it happened. 343 made Halo Waypoint. Um, but now they're, they're the same entity to make the games and the app so it's just probably not on the priority list and i think all of us can i can't i can't imagine i find a single person on this earth that would rather have them focus on halowaypoint.com and halo channel than fixing mcc <laughs> yeah so no, i get it yeah good point uh yeah moving on uh regarding the halo tv series on showtime they said yes the news is true production on showtime's halo tv series has begun and from the bits I've seen so far, it looks incredibly promising. Members of the studio have been working closely with our partners, and we even have Kiki Wolfkill, head of Transmedia, and Kenneth Peters, a senior franchise writer, on site in Budapest right now. This, again, was posted on the 19th of December. Since she's on the set, Kiki snapped a simple yet meaningful behind-the-scenes photo for us just to prove it's really happening. So be sure to, uh, to thank her. And um, I don't have it right now, but if I'm not mistaken, the picture was uh, a cast chair, and it said Halsey which I thought was super cool. That just made me super, super excited. But um, uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, that's pretty cool that Kiki's out there in Budapest or was out there. Yeah, I know there's like, there's not a lot to say about the Halo show right now because we don't know much at all, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to play both sides here. Here's the thing. There's a, I feel like there's just a ton of negativity for the Halo show and not much else. And here's where I'll play devil's advocate. There's not, we haven't been shown much to get excited for yet. Would you say that's fair, Josh? Yeah. It's not like we've seen a screenshot or a trailer. You know, all we've seen is the chair that Josh just mentioned and the cast photo. So it's fair if people say they've given us nothing to be excited about, really, um, except for the fact that we're getting the Halo TV show, which I think is kind of exciting. Um, But the negativity is just not warranted because... You know, I feel like people are just negative on the show because they have yet to see something that they're interested in. You know, um, it's easy to make a snap, to, you know, yeah. reaction, a knee jerk reaction. Exactly. Because if, 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 if I'm, wow, I just stumbled on my words eight times right there. <laughs> if I'm on Twitter and I see a Halo TV show, they they just show the cast and that's it. You know, what as a consumer, what do I want to see? I want to see a trailer. I want to see screenshots. I want to know all the information. It's easy for me to make a snap judgment and be negative about the show because I have nothing to lose at this point. I don't, you know. Um, and of course, we and I'm not going to go over it again because we talked about it on the second episode the casting of Key Captain Keys. People are upset about that, but the thing is, we just don't know anything yet. And I think until we get some su- substantial material, whether it be a trailer or whatnot, um, we don't know how it could be. Like, if I had to make a judgment, I think it's going to be 
the best Halo screen adaptation we've seen. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't th- I don't think it's going to be some Game of Thrones quality thing. Dude, it's funny you mentioned that. I was actually going to say, uh, I was going to use that as an example. Like, you know what? I feel like anytime there's some new series or something that's an adaptation of books or media of some form, like, no one really cares about those initial photos of the cast just assembled together, like Avengers, you know? Like, they're just all put together because you don't know what it looks like. And, like you said, you want to just, you're like, give me something. That I can that I can get that gives me an idea of what I'm gonna be expect like what I'm gonna what, what to expect you know so but at the same time it's like Game of Thrones they had some of those pictures and stuff like that of the cast before the show started and then the show came out it was super popular and then you can go back now and you look at those pictures and it's like oh my god that we're so young and it's yeah. like that's them together it, it's so cool in uh, retrospect seeing that stuff so it's like it's hard to appreciate that when you don't know what's gonna be coming. But, like, I feel like that's the kind of thing, if this turns out super well and they maybe churn out several seasons of this, like, it's going to be cool that that's a well, thing. Yeah, like, let me let me give you a perfect example. When they announced that, uh, you know, um, Henry Cavill would be playing Geralt in The Witcher show, mm-hmm. there was a quick release mock-up of – it was just basically Henry Cavill with a, with a gray wig. It was basically all it was. Yep, I remember that. And when I saw that, like, I was excited that there was going to be a Witcher show on Netflix and I had hopes that it would be good. But when I saw that, I was like – Eh, it's Henry Cavill in a wig, and I have nothing to go off of, you know. So while I was excited to see the show when it came out, at that point in time, I just kind of like in my, I didn't let Witcher take up any of my mental space because there was nothing there for me to dwell on, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Halo show right now. You know, the Halo show is hardly ever on my mind. It's hardly on any on anyone's mind because there's nothing to be there right now, and that's okay. It's it's still being created, but I just don't want to be one of those people. And that the Halo show comes out, it's outstanding. We're tuning in every week. We're excited and hyped for it. And then you look back and you say, oh, wow, I remember when they showed off the cast photo. All I talked about was how much I hated it and got super negative. Like, I, I don't want to look back and, and be, be one of those people. I want to look back and say I was uh, I appropriately judged the situation. Uh, there's nothing to go off of yet, so we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, that cast photo, everyone looked so happy. Like, yeah. it felt like there was a sense of chemistry there despite everyone just kind of meeting for the first time. Exactly. Like. I couldn't be more excited for this thing. Like I know next to nothing about it. So like right now it's not like I'm literally thinking about it every single day, but like whenever I hear little bits about it, you know, little whispers, I get excited. I'm genuine. Like, is that supposed to come out this year? I can't remember. Is it this year? Uh, I think it's next year. Okay. Yeah. But like that's something I, that just makes me excited. It's just like the Lord of the Rings, Amazon show. Like now that I have an unreasonable amount of hype for, because I'm, I get that because Lord of the Rings is your star Wars. Yeah. I'm, I'm hyped for that. And I've seen nothing though. I did see, did you see who's playing Galadriel? It's a, no, who? Oh, I, I don't, I don't know the actress, but I look at her face and I'm like that. I believe that's Galadriel. I like it. It's cool. Do you know what she's in? Uh, I looked up the stuff she's in. It's not stuff I really stuff I don't really know. Oh, okay. But we'll we'll talk about that later. But uh, guys, by the way, you're going to be getting oddball episodes of Lord of the Rings show because <laughs> I want that bad. Why don't we don't have a Star Wars or a Lord of the Rings podcast? Uh, we have a Halo one, um, which I think is just due to my passion for Halo and obsessive nature, and then Josh is passionate as well, less obsessive but passionate as well, and we just kind of came together and. And this was the thing, so. You know, well, between the three things, like, they're all things that have made me emotional to a point. I can get so nostalgic talking about it, I can tear up. So, yeah. Halo definitely belongs in that camp. Without For sure. Dude, I had, I, had a Halo tra- I had a Halo song uh, play at my, we- at my reception for my wedding. 
I'm trying to remember which one was it. It's the one. Um, I think it's maybe it's Unforgotten Memories. It's from Halo Three. It's like with a violin. Okay. It's like a real slow. It's like I think I know. What it's you're like I'm gonna see, dude. I'm gonna. This is gonna sound awful. I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like, it's like uh, the one. I'm just gonna give you like the do do do's here, so you can tell me if you. Wait, man. It's uh, dun 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 dun, and then there's that. I. Think I might it's like be. a sad one. I don't know, but that was at my wedding. But at the same time, at, at my reception, the the table for me and the groomsmen and bridesmaids was a Lord of the Rings table. So, yeah. you know, it just goes to show. Oh, you got a little slice of yeah. Halo in there. Yeah, though. no Star Wars there, dude. I guess that's because that sucks. Why, why didn't we do that? Because <laughs> if we had a Star Wars table, wedding, even though Star Wars it was fine, even though Josh was a groomsman, if we had a Star Wars table, he wouldn't have been sitting next to us. He just would have been over there by the Star. <laughs> that's not true. He would have been. <laughs> Yeah, he would have been over there at the Star Wars table by himself, and then I would have shouted across the reception hall to him, "Little Annie, <laughs> dude, I, you know what I like, Josh? Pasta, pasta. <laughs> something like that, doesn't he? Oh, what's the, what's he say? Um, uh, oh, what's he say? What's no, maybe that's to Sebulba. I can't. Remember. What's Anakin's um insult to Sebulba? What is it? Oh, Scrooge Dopot Slamo. Yeah, Scrooge Dopot Slamo. <laughs> oh, dude, remember that video? Remember that video I showed you guys when we used to work together of like adult Vader with Annie's voice? Yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Yeah, you know what I'm loving about this episode of the podcast, Josh? I come back, like we we started this thing last year and we come back fresh in 2020, dude. And I just feel, I feel more loosey-goosey right now. I feel like I'm more willing to just, I don't know. I, I don't care if it's just, I don't care if it's just structured. I'm just having a good time. This is, Me too, man. This is our way to, to, to get our uh, our stuff out here, and hopefully you guys are enjoying this. I think some of the best stuff that Josh and I talk about is when we just kind of go off the rails. So Yeah, and and we almost ended up doing a podcast last night because uh, Brian, Justin, and I oh, yeah. were all talking while playing a mixture of Rocket League, Halo, and Battlefront 2, and we just got talking about Star Wars, and it was completely irrelevant to Halo, but it, it was just so much fun where... We wanted you, to record. You get it. to a point where you're not even focused on the game. You just you're tuned into the conversation. The game's just like background stimulation. So yeah. it's pretty. It was pretty cool. And I, it, so much good stuff always comes out of that. But uh, yeah, uh, something I do want to talk about though, because there is a big chunk of this Halo Infinite stuff. Like this is where we really start to get into the Halo Infinite talks. Um, they said regarding that, the last time we really spoke about Halo Infinite was when we debuted. Oh, debuted, debuted, debuted. That sounds debuted. that sounds like a a, a, a body, body function. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just debuted all over. My- <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Uh, the last time we really spoke about Halo Infinite was when we debuted the Discover Hope trailer at E3 earlier this year. We know that's a long time to go without saying much about a Halo game, but please trust me when I say that the Halo hype train that kicked off two weeks ago with Halo Reach will not be slowing down at all in 2020. While I don't have any new Halo Infinite details for you in this community update, I did want to give you a a refresher about what's confirmed so far. I want to preface before I go into this. uh, There's some things uh, I like most of this I feel is common knowledge, but there's a couple things in there I had no idea about. And Brian, you're going to have to tell me as I kind of go through this, whether or not you you kind of feel the same way. But so the the release date set for holiday 2020 platforms is going to be Xbox Series X. Uh, and the entire Xbox One family and devices and Windows PCs. Um, then they have something called in-universe timing, saying, uh, oh, it, it follows Master Chief's story sometime after Halo 5 Guardian's conclusion. Um, they're going to have opt-in flights that will start and slowly expand out until release. Um, so they mention they recommend signing up for the Halo Insider program. 
and they've uh, assembled a internal pro team for Halo Infinite. Um, so before I get into some of the features, is there anything you you want to say off that, Brian? Or no, so? go ahead, Josh. Get into it. I want to. I want something to comment. No, on okay, here. yeah, yeah. Um, split screen. It's up and running internally. So they got that back. We're gonna have split screen. Dude, I actually never... tell you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead first. I was just gonna say, my friend Jeff, uh, dude, he got really turned off with the Halo series because of, of five not having split screen. And I, I remember talking to him. He's the only person I've ever really heard say that. And I, I asked him, like, you know, why? What made you feel that way? Like, why is it split screen that sort of did it? And he said it's because, you know, growing up, like he played that, he played all the Halo campaigns with his sister, and they got Halo Five when it came out, not knowing, and then it didn't have it, and they didn't have another Xbox. They couldn't do, you know, so it was just one person. It was like, it was hugely deflating. See, I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer like, and I'm gonna, I actually agree with you 100, percent but I'm gonna offer a different take. Uh, when three four three first announced that there was gonna be no split screen. Everyone freaked out because they said it was a huge deal. Now, I don't blame 343 for, for being short-sighted on that because, honestly, back in 2015 when they announced that or whatever, I didn't think it was a big deal anymore either. When they announced it, I thought, okay, well, usually if I want to play with my brother, we just play over LAN or over Xbox Live co-op. And it's 2015, and it makes sense that they uh, would be removing that feature to help them create better things in the game. Um, and then the community like blew up. And at first, I thought maybe they were overreacting a bit, but obviously it was a it was a serious concern. And then when I got married, it was more I I realized how big of an issue it was because me and my wife started playing Halo together co op, and I just realized like I this is something I can share with my wife now. But when we get to five, she has to play by herself because we don't keep two Xboxes in the house. Yeah, and that's that's kind of awful, especially since Infinite's going to have it like. We could have sent me and my wife could essentially play through all the Halo games together and have this really cool bonding over Halo, um, and even and even get Infinite when it comes out and play it together. But but five, I'm gonna have to sit there and watch her play, and that's just yeah. that's kind of awful, you know. So it's a sore I, thumb in, it was in it was short sighted like, of them, but it was also short sighted of me because when they announced that, I thought it made sense that they had to cut it, but I was wrong. I get it. I mean, dude, I, I, when they when they said that, like, I just remember feeling like okay, doesn't affect me. So I didn't think about it yeah. much because I know that at this point in my life, I prefer to play at that point in my life too. I prefer to play just on my own screen. Even when like, Josh so would play co-op, even when Josh would play co-op with me back in 2015, he'd bring his Xbox over and I'd have a second TV. Now I'm not, that's, that's unrealistic to expect it of everyone, but I'm just saying like for Josh and I, when we played co-op, it was never split screen. I get it. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. And, and it, but I, but I get people wanting that too. Like for I, sure. even if it's not something I'm going to need, I realize that that's there still needs to be the accessibility for people who do use it. And since that's such a thing, that's been such I mean, the multiplayer, right? That was such like you you had to have the split screen otherwise it just wasn't going to work the same way. Like the four player split screen doing multiplayer on like Blood Gulch and stuff like that. That's just so notorious for Halo. Yeah. Like that's where it all started. So, I think it's important to have that. I'm glad they're going to do it. I I'm, I'm I don't know. I mean, I'm not a game developer so I can't say for fact, but it, it does seem easy to believe that it was impossible to get Halo 5 to run in 60 frames a second uncompromising at an HD resolution on an original base model Xbox One split screen. I, I can't picture that working. I mean, I could yeah, see it on the know. X. I could see it on the Xbox One X, but I, I can't imagine they would be able to make... Think about how many enemies and stuff are on screen in, like, saying Helios level at 60 frames a second. Like, how are you going to do that on a base Xbox with, like, split screen? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I won't pretend to know that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, 
I get it. Uh, I get why people were were definitely bothered by that. I'm I'm glad it's I'm glad it's something they they've taken to the heart. Like you can tell. I mean, we've been over this already, but you can definitely tell they've listened to people. And I mean, we'll see. I think we'll see just how much when we get to play Halo Infinite. But I mean, you can still see some of that, you know, in a lot of things like this. But uh, yeah, so uh, with LAN, Halo Infinite's going to support LAN. Uh, but this is something interesting, Brian. Black undersuits are going to be in the game. Chat me up about that, man. Uh, I don't have as much to chat up about as you probably might think. Um, okay. I'm gonna be really, I'm gonna be really, sadly, I'm gonna be real honest about this. I never like even put any thought or noticed anything about the black undersuits at any point in time. Yeah. Okay. Like. Yeah, because I. What, what, what were I, they removed from? Halo Four? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think Halo Four is the first one. And it's not in Five either. Yeah. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. I mean, that just goes to show you how much I care cared about it because I, I didn't even notice. Like, okay. I, let me. I just want to say, like, nitpicks are valid. Like, I get that because I, me and Josh have nitpicks, and like nitpicks can really drive you nuts. So I think the not wanting black undersuits thing is, or wanting them back is a big deal. It's fair, um, but for me, it was like it was a it was a not it wasn't something wasn't that big of an issue. But that's just me personally. So yeah, I was gonna say I was really happy to see that on there. I just I'm one of those people who I cannot stand the aesthetic designs of the Spartan armor options in four and five. I think it's cool that there's so many there, but I might, I might agree with you on that. But, but when, when you're referring to multiplayer, I mean, I, I thought master chief looked fine in four and five. I'm not saying they were his best looks by any means, but I, I still noticed the difference. Like, like, yeah, no, 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 you're right. Like, I think his armor and stuff looks good. I know a lot of people like his armor for like Matthew Salvatore's very favorite is four. Yeah. So, I mean, that's totally valid. I just, it's just still when you see a lot of the multiplayer, like the stances, the way they look, and you see all the different, yeah, like less less to do with the helmets than than the bodysuits and stuff. But like it just looks weird to me. It, it really does. It 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 looks like it looks like this sort of black suit, and then with these pieces just kind of patched on. You know, like it. I don't know. I, I just not a fan of it. But I'm glad to see that that's going to be changed. Um, Player customization, they said, if you like the level of armor customization options in Halo Reach, you will be pleased. I found that kind of interesting because, you know, why wouldn't they say five? But they said Reach instead. Do you think that's implicative of anything, Brian? No, Reach has... Because Reach is the most relevant currently. No, I think it's because Reach, not only does Reach have the most options, like they have modules, like little little parts that you didn't get to choose in Halo 5, but Halo Halo 4, or sorry, Halo Reach is... Uh, customization is is the most heralded customization of all because oh is it yeah for okay. sure because not not only is there tons of options but there there's really little to nothing in Halo Reach that looks bad like all the permutations look good where in Halo Five it's like dude you have an Egyptian pyramid on your head why why is that <laughs> uh, just because uh, yeah yeah uh, no that's good to hear though. It, I'm, I'm so excited, man. I, I hear so many good things about Halo Wars 2's aesthetic, and I, I still haven't played it, but, like, and then you see the, the infinite, like, trailers that we've gotten briefly. Like, that makes me excited. Makes me really, really happy. I'm a sucker for aesthetics. You give me a good aesthetic, you make something nice and clean, or, or you, it can be a completely original experience, but you give it a, a similar look to what we came from, what we're familiar with, and I'm going to fall in love with it. So, super happy about that. Uh, they said SR-152, players who hit. SR-152 in Halo 5 Guardians will receive a token of appreciation in Halo Infinite. Um, 
I think we've got a few people in the community who have actually done that. But I think last when I saw it yesterday, I think I was at 88. I don't think I'm ever going to get there in time. No, it takes forever. I know Miss uh, Miss Red has yep. 152, so she's she's cool. She's awesome. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to be. I'm I'm going to be super envious too because you know it's going to when that game comes out, I'm going to want like. I'm sure. I think you had a question about this. We're going to touch upon later, so I'm not going to really talk about it now. But I'm going to be getting this game digitally. But I, I'm going to want it. I'm going to be. I'm going to want it all. I'm going to want every little bit of Halo goodness I can get. Yeah. So well, it's you know, it'll be hard to miss out on some stuff. I mean, we can just buy the game digitally, and then three four three can each send us a legendary copy for. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, seriously though. Do it. No, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, they said for Forge, our famous editing tool will be in Halo Infinite and we'll have undo and redo buttons, which is a first for Forge. Nice. So that's a cool it's thing. It's like Microsoft Paint. Brian and I don't, yeah, Brian and I don't use, uh, well, I like that. Brian and I don't use Forge too much, but I'm sure for a lot of you people out there that do, um, that's got to be, got to make it way more accessible. If, like, I'm, I get bored of multiplayer too quick. So if I uh, having, 152 in Halo 5 meant that you got an extra campaign level in Halo Infinite. I would just never play at that campaign level. <laughs> Nothing could get uh, me to work that hard for a freaking rank. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had to let Josh do it because he'd obsess because he would need the completion of that last level. And yeah. then I would go over to Josh's house and I would play his version so I could play the last level. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so that's pretty much it on that, uh, on the little kind of spec details. Um, but I did want to say it's interesting. So they pretty much more or less confirmed they're going to have flights. And that they got an, an internal pro team for Halo Infinite like they did with 5. So I feel that makes me feel like we're going to have a, an evolution of Halo 5's multiplayer as opposed to a more classic uh, reversion of, of what we what a lot of people want, you know? So I'm, I'm really happy, like personally as someone who really loves Halo. MCC is the perfect answer to giving people classic Halo all the time. I think so too. I think so too. You know what, dude, when that first came out and I saw the playlist for it and I saw how you would have like a couple, you like, you might have a Halo four playlist, but then you'll have, you know, like Halo two hardcore. Then you'll have Halo two big team and stuff like just how this stuff was split up. I remember not wanting that. I wanted like so many playlists for each game so that way you could get the different map variables and all that kind of stuff. And like, then when it came out and I played it, like actually when it worked, I mean, you know, like I was like, wow, that would have been a bad idea because you, you split the player base up so much, but now you have like the playlists are in a very good place. I feel like, and you can even set the options like custom. So if you just, if you want to specifically play a, a certain halo game and you, but you want to do like a big team battle version of it, or you want to do, oddball you can just do that you can set your preferences so that's cool but like i don't know um i don't know anything more you got to say about that no not really are we are we i can't remember are we talking about the reach episode or we're not there yet are the reach oh we're not there yet. Okay. We're, we're getting close we're getting very we're, we're we're just about there but uh yeah but i'm excited for that pro team uh, i'm excited because like i i don't know i I, lo- I love what they did with with Halo 5's multiplayer so much, so yeah, I, I, I think mean, going forward they have they've started having a pro team there with five. They got to keep doing. Yeah, that, I feel like. Yeah, like I get uh, like like you said, people can go back and play Master or, or MCC. You know, it's in it's in a good state. If you want to play Classic Halo, it's there. They've got it set up really good. You can get into matches easily. It works. It's fun. 
And there's just so many options. I think wasn't that I think I feel like three four three said that at one point back when MCC was first announced. They're like, this is a way for you to play all the classic multiplayers and Halos, so that when we bring out five, you have something to go back to. Like I think that's perfect. That's a perfect uh, bargaining chip for hey, we want to evolve Halo. Oh, absolutely, dude. When they when they set that stuff, I thought it was going to be cool. And it was cool. <laughs> we're bad. People are gonna hate that. They're gonna get so t- sick of it. Uh, <laughs> but we're gonna keep saying it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the final bits about this waypoint post before we move into a bit of a Halo Reach talk. Bonnie Ross. This is a this is a bit a uh, bit a bit of juiciness, but I thought it was pretty cool. So I'm gonna read all this. Um, she said, "As we wrap up 2019, I wanted to take a moment to thank the Halo community for all of your support and engagement over the last year." Your passion, energy, and feedback constantly reminds us of how important this franchise and universe is to all of us, and it fuels our efforts across everything we do. I have so many great Halo memories this year. We made a very deliberate effort to bring players into the fold to help us shape development on the MCC, and wow, I can't believe, or I'm sorry, I can't begin to describe how incredibly thankful we are to all of the Halo insiders that participated in our MCC flighting to help us learn, refine, and release Halo Reach on PC. We couldn't have done it without you, and we'll continue to learn and invest in flighting as we release updates in the remainder of the games in MCC on PC. Through MCC on PC, we brought millions of new players into the Halo universe, but it's also been amazing to see the number of players returning on Xbox and their response to the MCC update and release of Halo Reach. It was great to see the excitement around Halo 3 Esports through HCS Grassroots and also see pros slash casters having fun in Big Team Battle at SXSW. I'm excited about the future of Halo Esports and its potential on PC. At Halo Outpost Discovery this year, it was incredible to meet so many fans and hear their personal stories. For those of us at 343 who were able to attend, it was such an honor to see Halo through your eyes and understand what it means to you. Spending this time with you is truly the heartwarming highlight of the year. Recently, I had the opportunity to spend a week in Budapest on the set of the upcoming Showtime Halo TV series and seeing the care and dedication of a different industry Bringing our universe to life for a different medium was energizing. I know you've all waited patiently for this series, and I can say without doubt that the team working on this project is as passionate about Halo as anyone. It is in good hands, and I can't wait for when more will be shared. There was nothing more memorable in 2019 than finally being able to announce that Halo Infinite will launch with Xbox Series X next holiday, as it feels like Halo is back where it belongs with Chief leading the way. The response to our E3 trailer and the reveal of Chief and the pilot was phenomenal. I still watch the fan reaction videos when I need to pick me up. It's hard not to look ahead to next year knowing how much we have yet to show, but rush assured that 2020 is going to be the biggest year ever for the Halo franchise. Lastly, I want to thank the amazingly talented and dedicated team here at 343 Industries for your continued dedication, hard work, and fan focus. Uh, she wraps it up by saying, through that, you've accomplished so much to release Halo Reach and push the development of Halo Infinite to new heights, setting us up for a huge 2020. You amaze me every day and with a happy holidays at the end. So I, I know there's not too much juiciness, but I just feel like looking back in 2019, there was a lot of cool stuff that really started to pick up for them. And like, I just, I really got the feeling at the end there, like, like, hey, here's the thing. Halo Reach came out on MCC and it was big. It's still big, but I could see the undertones of like that whole calm before the storm thing. Like you can tell it's getting, we're about to head into, I think I said this off air to you, but like the busiest 
the most relevant and busiest Halo's been since 2014, right? Well, you, you got to imagine that 343 has got to be unbelievably excited because look at look at the roadmap. Yeah. Look at the roadmap. They did they did Halo 5. You've had to sit and stew on this stuff for so exactly. long. Exactly. They, they brought out Halo 5. It was... I mean, it was critically well received. Uh, you know, let's not spin a narrative that it w- narrative that it wasn't, but um, the fans just weren't happy, and everyone complained and complained, including us, and moved on. And then they had to sit there for the next five years. So it's so far four, but eventually it'll be five. Yeah, they had to sit there taking oh, all God. of that negative criticism and leave that as their current legacy for five years as they doubled down and developed a new engine and new game. So for them to like yet last year was them kind of like starting to like oil up the wheels a bit. Like they're like prepping the prepping the car to get going. And yeah, then in 2019 as it's finishing off, like the, the spirit's got to be really high right now at three, four, three, knowing that 2020 is the year where they, they're, they're back. They got a new halo game. They're confident about it and they're going to be back in the spotlight again. Um, so I'm pretty much, I'm excited for the team. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I feel like, I feel like this is them almost trying to like, they've had to wait so long and they've had to be quiet so long and patient that they want to share this stuff, but it's almost like we're about to, you know, like we want to so bad, but we can't just, that's what's disheartening to me though, is like, no matter how good their reveal is this year, no matter how good the content that they show us is, you're going to have a loud Maybe majority, but most likely minority of people that are still complaining. And I just hope that whatever's revealed, I hope that they hear more good than negative because all this time and all this effort for them to say, boom, here's Halo Infinite. And let's say everything about it looks amazing universally, but they're Sprint. And then suddenly the whole conversation's around how Halo's garbage was Sprint. Like, come on, guys. Like, even if you don't like Halo with Sprint, like, this team just worked their bun butt off for five years, and they just. I, tell you what, I, buns I was gonna say buns, but I'm like, it's kind of weird. I'm like buns. <laughs> they worked their butts off for five years, and then they finally unveil something, and people want to attach to the negativity right away. Or like, I'll even see stuff that's like ridiculous, where it's like, oh, well, they only showed us a two and a half minute gameplay trailer. If they had shown me five, I'd been way more excited. Like, okay, I'd like to see five too, but like, come on now, you know? So. Whatever they show off, like let's. I, I'm just gonna try to, you know, I'm gonna try to be positive for them. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on team three, four, three, and what I mean by that is like, I want them to succeed. I want them to do well. Like, I don't have any agenda against them, and I love Halo, and they love Halo. Like, so come on, like let's. I want. Oh, I get it. You've seen them. You wanted them to succeed from the outset, and they've struggled a bit. They've, they've yeah. had their hits. I think the misses have been more than their hits at times. But you're still rooting for them. You're hanging in there. Exactly. Like, it almost feels like an underdog story. Team, like, team three four three doesn't mean that I'm like, I'm like saying that their their problems are good. It's like it's, it's not me saying, oh, Halo Five story was actually pretty good. You know, oh, you know, Halo Four's multiplayer was perfect. And like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm on their team. I want them to be good. You know, I want yeah. everything they do to be no, great. I, yeah. No, it's it's good. It's good, and it's nice to see. It's nice to see to look back at, at all this stuff that happened last year and and see that. Um, we're kind of, I think we're, we're finally at that end of just all that radio silence we kind of talked about in the beginning of the episode. Like there was just, there was enough stuff in 2019 that just trickled out that wasn't necessarily related to infinite, but it was enough to sort of like pop it. It made halo kind of bubble back up to the yeah. surface for a little bit. Coming on, and on then PC, that, 
That's a big thing, dude. And it's they're going to be bringing games out on PC all the way up to Infinite's launch. That's genius yeah. for marketing. Genius. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna. Uh, I'm actually gonna talk about the subject now before we move into um, the Halo Reach stuff, just because it's. I feel like it's the most relevant, dude. But you mentioned in your your previous episode, uh, I think it was episode twelve, and you were talking about expectations and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes being disappointed and having high expectations and stuff like that. You know, and one of the things I feel like we get, we're in this like society. I feel like we're kind of at the end of it a bit, but we're like, we've been in this structure for so long of like doing things in a trilogy arc or bigger, better, more badass where each game or story has to outdo the last. I've always been of the opinion that's not a good thing. I think you could tell a much better story throughout like maybe four, mm-hmm. you know, four movies, four games, four books or whatever, or more rather than just the beginning, middle and end. I don't think, I, I don't. I don't like that, and then I also feel like not every game needs to outdo itself. You know, like just an example being before I switch it over to you. Like I don't feel like like a warrior who might fight in the biggest war. You know, maybe he'll have maybe his next battle might be a, a simple skirmish, but it's yeah. still worth telling. Exactly. You know, it might not be as big. So I mean, what are your thoughts on that kind of stuff, man? And I mean this all regarding Halo because I mean I, I don't need this to be the biggest Halo game. I just need it to be fun. Yeah, I think when you try to continue to up one up yourself, it makes the story feel less genuine because like the one of the and I, I'm not a storyteller, so when when I when I when I say this factoid, I'm I'm pulling it out of my rear end when I'm, if I'm being honest, but like your buns. I'm pulling it right out of my buns. Um, <laughs> but like one of the th- core concepts I feel like you want to have when telling a story is you want people to be completely drawn into that story and not even realize that it's a sore story you want people to be in that world and have the edges of your world seamless and i think there's things you can do that are very obvious that will bring you out of an experience like josh and i were talking about this yesterday and like in the force awakens when finn picks up the ball that that uh, luke trained with in uh, new hope the the training droid ball when he picks that up and throws it in the middle of the screen um, that very much tells me that the people making this movie wanted me to see it because they know I have a memory and they want me to feel something. Now, sometimes it's cool because you get to have that feeling. But on the, on the, on the other hand, it takes you out of the movie a bit because you you know, you know realize that that it's a movie now. You know that they're making it. It's not just telling you the story. You're not seamlessly it's in it. Um, so that, that's something that's very noticeable. Then there's something that's less noticeable, and somebody listening might be like, oh, that's just as noticeable to me. But something less noticeable is like, and I really, I'm so sorry, guys, I keep bringing up Star Wars, but like, and like Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine Palpatine coming back, and he really didn't die, and he's got an even bigger set of ships with Death Star technology on each one. And I loved Rise of Skywalker, by the way, so I'm not criticizing it. But like, this is a way that it's less, like, the mainstream audience can tell that like Finn was holding up that droid ball for, to show to make you feel nostalgia, but the mainstream audience is a little less likely to understand that what you're doing at the end of Rise of Skywalker is trying to give them the same exact thing they had in Return of the Jedi, but bigger and badder. That's what you're trying to do. So there's levels of like things being obvious and things not being as obvious. Um, so like with Halo Infinite, you know, I agree with Josh. Like they don't need to make it bigger and worse. Like I don't need to feel like Halo Infinite's story has higher stakes than Halo 3. 
I don't. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Halo Three felt like it had extremely high stakes because it had been properly brought it brought us to that point with Halo One and Two. We properly arrived at those extremely high stakes. So when you go to the very next game and it's like, oh, this is bad. This is twice as bad as the the Covenant conflict from the last game. Like, no, no, that's horrible. Like, don't do that. Just tell stories that are really interesting, and it doesn't matter how important they are to the overall narrative. For instance, I would think about um, Blade Runner. Do either of those movies, stories, really mean anything in the grand scope of that world? They don't. I don't know. I don't think so. You would know. Like, you think about uh, Deckard. Uh, he has to kill some replicants, and uh, Rachel, they want to kill Rachel because she's a replicant. I, get what you, I see what you're like, saying, yeah. It doesn't matter. And it's then, simplistic, simplistic story. Yeah, it's a simplistic story. It doesn't matter. Like, in Blade Runner 2049, is the same deal. It's like, uh, is uh, is Kay a replicant, and uh, who is uh, Deckard's daughter? Like, if we weren't told that, st- if that story didn't happen, the world would still go, the world of Blade Runner would still go on. Now, where something like Star Wars, the original Star Wars, you know, uh, empire with a Death Star that can destroy every planet that doesn't listen to them. That's that's pretty world-ending stuff. That makes sense. But you don't need that. And then you can even see in Halo you don't need that because many people, including myself, I don't think Josh is included in this, but many people, including myself, we like ODST, Halo 3 ODST, more than we like Halo 4 or 5's campaign and story because it was a well-told story with good characters. But the story of ODST is pretty negligible. I mean, it's pretty negligible. It's just, I mean, no, I it. it's whatever. It's, it's like, I mean, you tell me if you feel differently, but like, as much as I think it's a great game, it's like the solo of the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like a most necessary, agreed. despite being great. Yes. Despite being so great. So. It's like I enjoy I enjoy solo more than Last Jedi, but Last Jedi, uh, way more stuff of importance happens in a sense than solo. Yeah. So. Well, uh, one thing I'll, I want to say too is like, dude, when I when I think about Halo One to Two, I do think they're both like I don't think one's better than the other at all. You know what I mean? Like I think they're the two best Halo games for me. I mean, yeah, but. for sure. I, I I could see that. I mean, Halo Three is up there for me too, but I can understand if, if Halo Three is my third. But I feel like Halo One and Two oh, yeah. are very like Halo Three was the first Halo to me that started to harken back a little more. Like Halo One was new and inventive, and then Halo Two like did more new and inventive things, and then Halo well, Three was kind of like. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I know. I was just going to say, like, I think, I mean, obviously their goal with Halo 2 is bigger, better, more badass. And I, that I kind of, that kind of bit them in the ass a bit, you know. With development. About, yeah. Yeah, with your ambition and, and, and how things were internally with the, I think Jason Jones went to work on some other project for a while. But like, yeah, I mean, like, I remember when I played through Halo 1. Now, this is just me, subjective. Like this is just me personally. I don't. I don't think this is necessarily a fact for these games. But like, when I play through Halo One, it's a lot more easily digestible and easier to understand. And I love the mystery with it. Whereas I get into Halo Two story, and it feels like it gets a lot more complex. And in one sense, that's great because of its world building, which you said before. And I think you're totally right. But then on the other hand, it's like it's so much more complex, and it feels like it's trying to do so much. And I think. I think for the most part, it, it manages to catch all the balls it's trying to juggle. But like, then you get to Halo Three, and Halo Three is a sort of like finality. It's sort of like coming full circle, and then you kind of move on in the Chief storyline, and you get to Four and Five, and and it just gets so confusing. Like, like in one sense, I'll put it this way: in one sense, Four, okay, Halo Four feels like a very intimate story. You know, like it, it reminds me of Halo One in the sense of its intimacy. Like it's just very, like it mostly takes place on this one place, and you have this story going on between, you know, Chief and Cortana, 
And then you get to something like Halo 5, and Halo 5 is so confusing from the get-go. You're like, what is going on? Who are these people? Who's the Warden Eternal? What are the Guardians? Why am I playing as this person more than Chief? You know, who's Blue Team? You know, and it's just it's so many questions. So, but it, it, it like you can tell they had ambition there. So, but it's like, is that always a good thing? Is it okay to tell a story that's a bit more, in a sense, lesser on from a scale yeah. point? You know, it, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to do for sure. I think I think you know sometimes companies listen to fans, and and to some extent, so to some extent, they should listen to fans. And um, like for instance, fans wanted the tie-in material the whole time Bungie was making Halo games. Everyone was going, "I wish the tie-in material. I wish you guys would acknowledge it. I wish you guys would tie it in more. Like, yeah. tell me that Master Chief trained with Kelly or whatever." I want to know this. And people asked for that for a decade. And then 343 is like, oh, yeah, the fans are going to be so happy. We're going to do what they wanted. And then they do it. And then the fans will either say, they either say, no, we really didn't want it. Or they say, well, we did want it, but you didn't do it right. So yeah. there's there's some yin and yang there. Like maybe 343, maybe 343 didn't do it right. Maybe you're right. But at the same time, they were only doing what the fan base asked for. Um, same goes for like the, uh, the, Halo, or the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Everyone during the prequels was like, we want original trilogy. We want original trilogy content. And then Disney makes all their movies around the original trilogy, and they hardly acknowledge the prequels. And then now people are like, well, why is there no prequel? Why am I not getting this? Why don't you reference this? Why is there no Ghost Anakin? Well, because for years you said you didn't want any of that. Yeah. That's why I feel like you just need to do your own thing. Yeah. You have to, like. Like by all means, take into account the constructive criticism aspects, and it, but it, it's hard at the same time. Like you know, your your group of people, how do you discern what's what's constructive, what's not? You know, when you, especially when you see something, even if it's all completely crap and hatred, you know, how do you not look at that and think, okay, we need to fix that? When it's even though it's all super negative, like the way people say it is so mean and hateful and stuff like that. But like, you know, I just I I think you have to whatever it is you have to just do your own thing like tell the story you want to tell i think it's great that they did something like like blue tomb but i was definitely one of those people who were like cool you did it didn't like how you did exactly it, you know so i'm definitely in that camp of people well me too but me I, too because like uh, before halo 5 came out i was like oh i always wanted blue team and so i'm so glad they're here and then i played the game and i'm like uh it didn't feel right you know there's just no introduction it's just like they're there like they, as if they've been there in every other halo game and i'm like no I get that. I know in the back of my mind they've been there in this universe, but like, I and I want the Halo them, game is very clearly connected, you know. but it very clearly feels like we're supposed to know this without you telling us. And this is the main way I experience Halo. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, so that's my own personal opinion. But yeah, and, and too, like I was really happy when I was getting back into Halo, and you had told me this was originally planned as a four, five, and six, and there they, they took blew it, it up now. Saga. They were saga. Yeah. That made me You know what's happy. crazy, dude? I don't feel like a lot of people know that because I still see on Twitter almost weekly, some, or, well, maybe weekly, monthly for sure, people say that like uh, Infinite's going to be the end of a trilogy. And I'm like, I'm surprised that they don't know that. Like uh, 343 cleared that up a long time ago, like years and years ago, that, that this is not a trilogy. This is an ongoing saga. And they haven't even gave us, they haven't even given us a number. Like they didn't say this is a saga of seven. Like they just said it's, for all we know, it could be 24 over the course of 100 years. I mean, we have no idea. Um, so. Yeah. You know what I feel like? Uh, I honestly feel like Halo Infinite is going to be a person with with two arms holding on to two different sort of entities. Like you have Halo 4 and 5, and then you have 
Halo Infinite, and then you're going to have whatever the, the the couple games that come after that. And Halo Infinite is going to be that point where it, it continues from that, but yeah. it starts to segue into new territory. Like I feel like it's it's the changing of the guard in a, in a sense. Yeah, it feels very much like uh, Halo Infinite is going to be. I mean, it's kind of going to be like a like the balance in the scale. You know? Yeah, I, mean? I feel like it's going to be a new starting point for them. They're going to use this yeah. as their base going forward. You know. Um, so I, I, I could see Halo 4 and 5 story being more falling into that side content material than main, which unfortunately I liked 4 story, so I wish they would build upon 4s a little bit more. Most of 5s I, I wasn't a huge fan of, but like, and I've seen people on Twitter saying this too, like stuff like the Didact and the, the Primordial and all that, which we're probably going to get some of that because we're on Zeta Halo, but there's so much good lore that was built around 4 that really didn't get a chance to shine that I would hope I they continue. But 5 was very much... I think 5 very much was a response to what people said about 4. 5 just yeah. a different direction, so... So confusing still playing that. I see that intro. And I love the intro, but it's like... The things I, I, I have issues with in Halo 5 story, I feel like had there been more exposition, I would have loved it. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, know I mean, if it's necessary. It's easy there. to sit here and, and to rewrite our own version of Halo 5, which I, you know, I don't want to yeah. do. But at the same time, like... If they had gave us a few levels of like, like maybe if they given us like a, a a recap where they told us with an in game, they showed us an in game cinematic with Chief training on Reach with the blue team, and then two or three missions in, we we actually traveled to meet up with them, you know, it would feel like okay, like especially that's the thing that's crazy is like introducing an entire team of characters that have been in this world for fifteen years, that's enough right there to make an entire game that's just centered around blue team. But instead, they brought in a whole secondary team of new characters and then gave them 13 of the 15 missions or whatnot. It was just, it wasn't a good idea, but like it, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because that may seem like an obvious mistake and an obvious ill-conceived idea, but it maybe it wasn't when they were making the game, you know? Maybe, and like the whole Halo 2, like duality campaign with Arbiter, that could have been seen as a very awful idea, and it, I'd say in I'd say nowadays it's seen as a really good idea, you know. Yeah, I don't think it was at first. Yeah, at first it was like what were you know kind of Halo Two for sure. Yep. So, but yeah, uh, just to put a cap on this conversation, Brian, if Halo Infinite isn't as much of a soft reboot in the sense of let's say force awakens like let, let, i'm just entertaining the idea i mean for all we know it's going to be a just it's brand new 100 original new thing you know but let's just say hypothetically because i feel like i feel like sometimes for me my thought is that it could potentially be a sort of soft remake of halo one in a sense you know like a force awakens to a new hope so like let's just say let's just say instead of that it's a brand new story that bears some similarities to halo one but it's just on a smaller scale, and it's more intimate. Is that something that's going to excite you on paper? Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, all I want is a good story. I don't care if – I mean, if it's galactically huge, that's fine with me if it's good. If it's super small and personal, that's fine with me too. Like if the – Chief works more when it's like personal. Like I, I like him with Blue Team. I want him with those people, but like – I just mean like it gets a lot more complex. It seems like like Halo Two. I you know you love Halo Two story way more than I do. I think it's great, but I I, I feel like I feel like it gets a lot more um, muddy. It gets a lot more um, confusing at times. It gets harder to follow, 
And then I get to Halo 3 where they're all together and you're not switching back and forth. And it's like, like it's, it's just easier to ingest. And I know that in this one it sounds like we're going to be playing as Chief the whole time. So I don't necessarily mean it's black and white. Yeah. I mean, I play one character as opposed to switching, but like, I think Halo just, two is the hardest one to keep track of everything that's going on. But I would also say Halo three gets a bit confusing as well in a different, in a completely different way. Cause not, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I explained to you and Justin exactly what was happening beat for beat in Halo three, like five, six years ago. And you guys didn't, you hit, you hadn't known that it played out exactly that way. Yeah, it was a little, it's a little, it's a little, yeah, Bungie's, Bungie's storytelling was just a little odd. I actually, I feel like, I feel like, here's the thing. I feel like two story was told really, really well, but there was so much going on. It was easy to not realize what was happening. Mm-hmm. Three was not told that well, but it was simple. So, yeah. And then one, yeah. it was just simple and told well. It was just a very, it was a very, as an entry point, you know? So, yeah. I mean, even, even four. Halo 4, even if you're not, you're not a big fan of that campaign or story, like the way the structure in which it's told is a, is a pretty firm structure. I was going to say, that's actually one of the strongest examples I'd give, despite it not being one of my favorite stories. Like, I think it's a very intimate story. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of Halo 1 in the sense that you're on one yeah. place. Because even though you have like the didact and the composer, the entirety of that game kind of plays out between two characters and it kind of. It kind of yeah. it, when the game ends, you kind of that arc is kind of ended too. Like you don't, it doesn't feel like a cliffhanger. And at the end of four, it feels like a conclusion. Which, in some ways, I like. In some ways, I like because I feel like there's too many cliffhangers in Halo. But yeah, well, it, it's got the ambiguous sort of undertones, like sort of like Halo ones did, where it's like, okay, where do we go from here? What's next? But yet, it has a it has a self contained story, you know, in of itself. But then. It gets a little more complex in Halo 5 and stuff. And I think they went, yeah, I think, I mean, it's almost, I don't know. Actually, now I'm thinking about it, Brian. Do you think it's at all possible that they looked at Halo 4 and actually maybe felt like that was similar to Halo 1? So they were like, you know what, let's do our let's do our own version of Halo 2. And then they did it and it didn't work out as well. Do you think that's at all possible that that was? I mean, I think so. I mean, I think, yeah, I think so. I think there's a really hard position because 4, four is something that people like more with age, like, Halo 4 story was pretty critical. Like, we talk about how, oh, yeah, Halo 4 has a good story and Halo 5 has good multiplayer, and now they need to get them both right. I And I feel like I can say this better because I think I think I was probably a lot more involved in the Halo discussions back in 2012 than you were, Josh. Oh. People talked crap about Halo 4 story all the time. Talked about how awful the story was, how stupid the characters were, everything. Just Halo 4 story was ran through the mud just about as much as the as the multiplayer was. I feel like it's time that's made people like Halo 4 story. So it makes sense that they they changed it up a lot for 5. Um, maybe they maybe they'll look back on 4's story now and try to make Infinite, you know, relate from 4 a bit, but I think there's no room left for them to take risks on Infinite. Like I see so many people saying like Infinite's the last time. I'm going to give 343 a chance then I'm done with Halo, but I heard them say that for Halo 5 as well. So I don't necessarily believe those people, but I do believe there's people out there like that. I, I think the ones I think the people that are more likely to give up Halo forever are the people that aren't online saying it. The ones that are online saying it probably have an agenda of some sort. They they they, they want to try to strong arm 343 into making the game they want. But the people who are really going to give up Halo forever, they're quiet. They're not talking. They're just sitting there waiting for a good game, and if they don't like it, they're going to quit. They're not going to announce it. 
Um, Literally just picture your Creighton. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, like my brother Creighton, my Creighton, my brother Creighton's not a, he's not a vocal person, but he didn't like five at all. And I think, I think if infinite is as bad as five to him, I think he'll just swear off Halo. I just think because, and he's not going to announce it because he doesn't, he doesn't need attention. He's just saying, he just doesn't, if you don't like it, don't like it. Yeah. So, but for like me and Josh, uh, I think for me and Josh, definitely for me, but I'm pretty sure for Josh as well. If infinite quote unquote sucks, you know, that's up for opinion. I'm still going to like Halo. I'm still going to be a fan. I'm still going to find something good in, in an infinite. Um, you know, I might always dwell on the better days of, of like, and I don't even want to say just Bungie games because I think Halo 4 is a really good campaign too, but I, I'll dwell on better days for sure. But like, I'm not going to, that's ridiculous. I feel like to say, sometimes I feel like it's ridiculous to say, you know, this is their last chance and I'm going to give it up because truth be told, maybe it is their last, maybe, maybe you do give it up, but as soon as they announce a new Halo game years later and it looks better, you might be on board again. Um, but for those who really are going to give it up, if this isn't good, um, I think I think that uh, 343 knows people are looking for a return to form. So I think they're going to take less. I really feel like they're going to take a lot risk, a lot less risks in this one. On one hand, you'd like to think they're bold enough to do something really original. But do they really have the position to do that after two games that were critically say, banned and five years of I no games? It is, it is their, like, they think this one right because you've had both ends of the spectrum you've had one end that sort of you know got the campaign down and their multiplayer wasn't as well received like in four and then you have five where it's the complete opposite so i feel like it's the kind of thing where you know you you have to go you have to go into this game you still need to get it you kind of need to get it right in a way you need to finally strike a balance where that you didn't have before so i don't know i mean i i really I really hope that's the case because I feel like if, if this doesn't turn out well, I feel like it is justifiably going to turn a lot of people off in, in a way because, I mean, it, by that point, we've had three mainline Halo titles and, you know, it's just, it's 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 going to seem like, again, like a retired sports player, or not a retired sports player, but a sports player who's past his prime, who's still hanging in there and the stats aren't as good. They're not talked about as much, but they're still there. And you almost kind of, it almost kind of, dampens the legacy a bit where you kind of feel like i don't want to remember how they are now i want to remember how they were and i just don't want to feel that way with halo because i love halo so much but to play devil's advocate i'm completely open to everything because when i got to halo 5's multiplayer i realized this is my favorite multiplayer in any halo ever so 343 is still able to do things completely entirely that are going to wow me and surprise me and and, and give me things to love and I, i honestly feel like I, feel, I don't know if I've said this, Brian, but I feel like Halo Infinite is going to be the one story-wise where I'm like, out of the 343 stuff, where I'm like, I freaking love this story. I don't know how I'm going to feel about the multiplayer. I'm excited for it, but I feel like the campaign, I just have this sense of contented like uh, confidence with it. You know, it's just probably going to be your best because you didn't like fives and four took you a while to come around to. So it's it's and it's not that hard. Had you know. yeah. Five had like great gameplay and level design, I feel like, in the campaign. It's just the storytelling wasn't as good. And this one, like, I'm, I'm just so excited about it. Like, just just from that brief intro trailer we got. I think, I think you know, the more... The intro trailer, you know. The more and more I think about it, I think the thing that I want the most out of infinite campaign is i don't want to fight prometheans i'm just i just don't i get it no like and i i'm i'm not saying if we do that i'm gonna be if if we fight prometheans i'm not saying i won't like the game i could still love the game but that's that's one of the things about that's one of the things that's like consistently bothered me about 
the three four three games is I don't ever want to fight them. I have no interest in them, you know. And I just feel like I don't even care if there's like the best reasoning ever. I'd rather just fight Covenant or something new, you know. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's just like in Gears, like you like you like fighting the Locust. How do you how do you find a way to keep fighting the same? See, I'm not, I, and I'm not saying Gears four and five is a perfect continuation, but for me, they they about nailed the best you could do for enemies. They said, hey, I get that, but at the same time, I'm still not as into killing DBs as much. No, as uh, well, have you? Well, DBs are barely in the game. I don't know if you knew that. You haven't played much. Oh, for five, I don't know. Oh, but DBs saying- are only in the first two acts of Halo or of Gears four, and then they're not in Gears five really. Uh, oh, okay. so yeah, I I so really, the main enemy of the Gears Four and Five is the Hive, which is just the Locust evolved, and they play exactly like the Locust. So I thought it was yeah. a pretty genius way of doing it. Of course, it does kill a little bit of the end of the trilogy, like, oh, you defeated the Locust forever, but no, they were just evolving. Like once again, it's that bigger, better type thing. Um, where because like, yeah. there's no reason why we couldn't get ten Gears of War games that took place between and before the end of Gears 3. There's no reason why we couldn't. I feel like we could have gotten that had Judgment not been so poorly received. That's true. Ju- yeah, that's true. But, yeah. Uh, so we're going to go to Reach. Can we make Reach quick? Because we're, we're yeah, far man. in. And as far as the... We're, we Josh and I have been doing very quick um, Halo Reach level playthroughs, one, one per episode. And um, so I'd rather... I would actually rather talk about Reach as a whole than than the level. But let's let's quickly go through the level, Josh. We're on tip of the spear. Is that correct? Okay, so do you want to start or do you want me to start? No, I'm just going to say overall, uh, just because I feel like it's kind of a quicker mission. Uh, I, I don't feel there's as much to say about this really? one than there is the others. But yeah, I, I, it's not in a bad way. I just feel like, I mean, it's big in the sense that it's the first time you're in a vehicle, like flying in space. Like that is insane to me. Like when I first played it, I was like, holy crap, what am I doing? Uh, that was amazing. But, dude, I died. I was playing that on Heroic. I died so many freaking times. I saw my Spartan float in space so oh, many times. Oh, yeah, I heard time with that part. <laughs> I was so ready to turn off the, like, the Xbox, shut off my controller. I, that, that is a, it's a fun but frustrating level. But it's, I'm more so talking about the flying part because when you get to the part with George and everything, that is very cool and very emotional. So yeah. go ahead, take a look. I man. think this is my favorite level in Halo Reach as we continue to play. Oh. Yeah, as we, I feel like I just insulted your baby then. <laughs> well, no, it's fine. I, I'm surprised. That it sounds like it's not even going to be top three for you. Um, but I think this is my favorite level in Hill Reach as we continue to play. Maybe I'll change my mind. But um, this level, you start off on a beach, and you get to move up the beach fighting Covenant with your your other Spartan buddies, which is fun. There's a lot. a lot. It feels like there's a lot of enemies on screen there. There might only be like 11 for all I know or, or eight, but it seems like there's a lot. And then uh, you make your way into that base, which is kind of cool. And then you get in the base and you launch into space. And then, like Josh said, for the first time ever, you get to have like an actual space battle in Halo, which was so odd. You never, you never thought that would happen. And I actually think the controls for the spaceship are really, really well done. It feels very smooth and intuitive. It feels like they've made. It feels like they've made a level like this before. I didn't feel like it was their first time, and. Um, so I really enjoyed the space stuff. I mean, there's not a lot of places you can go. There's kind of some invisible wall. I wouldn't say invisible walls, but just um, there's just places that your ship will be turned around um, in space once you do that. But when you, you kind of do this first dogfight there, then it like gives you a cutscene, and you go into another dogfight next to a cruiser. Um, so it's like a second segment of the flying thing, and you do that. You take out some ships. 
I found that to be a really like awesome, cool way to mix up um, a really cool way to mix up the level by adding something new in like that. Um, but then once you land on the ship, that's so cool too because you get to go through that ship, you get to kill tons of like jetpack elites. There's you see engineers again from ODST. They're like, yeah, I saw one and I was like, what the heck? I completely forgot about. Yeah, them. they're engineer from uh, ODST. And as you guys all know, if you've been paying attention to the Twitter, those engineers were originally in Halo Combat Evolved, but they got removed because they were afraid that players would be confused because they weren't hostile, yet they looked like they were part of the Covenant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you get to fight all them. You get to fight all those uh, dudes in the ship. And, you know, like I said, we're giving really generalization here. We're not we're not uh, giving you a step-by-step, per se. And um, you eventually kind of hold out in this final room and then – the bomb that you're well it's not really a bomb is it because isn't it like a slip space thing that they do i think so i'm still i was either way it it functions almost like a bomb but turns out it's gonna have to have someone there um to activate it and george tells you that he's gonna stay behind and noble six is like no and he's like i'm gonna do this reach has been good to me and then you go in first person and he picks you up off the ground and he throws you out into space Choke slams you. And you fall down to reach. Oh, my God! And while it's an extremely emotional moment, you wonder why you died every time you fell out of the spaceship in the earlier mission part of the mission. <laughs> because you're like, George threw me out. It's no problem. But awesome cutscene. It's it's a, it's a the moment that solidifies George as an awesome character. Um, mm-hmm. Really fun mission. You know, you get, to, you get to – I mean, it's a really diverse mission because you get to fight on the beach. You get to fight – uh, inside the you know the countdown area, the the rocket or the spaceship area, the building, then you get to fight in space, two different dogfights, and you get to land on a ship, fight in a ship. Very cool. Sets up for a very neat opening for the next level. We won't talk about that today. We'll save that for the next one. But ultimately, great level. I cannot remember at all what ratings we've given the prior episodes. I think they were sevens for me. This one was an eight out of ten. I love it. Uh, probably a four for me. I think, I think George stuff. Josh says he I hates think, Halo. It's the worst game ever made. <laughs> Brian's face right now. He's got this very iconic face when he, when he talks in that voice. You hate Halo. Uh, no, I think that the George stuff is fantastic. It's my you favorite You didn't like part the spaceship stuff, did you? It's so sad. Uh, no, what I, makes it okay, bad? That's my, that's my question. Here's the thing. It just feels, it feels discombobulated. Like, I like it. I know I don't think it's bad. It just it feels weird. It's like a sore thumb. Yet I felt like at the same time, its execution was so well done. When I play that, I'm like, you know what? Hypothetically, if they had done a multiplayer of this, I would have at least played some of it. I wouldn't have gotten addicted. But it's fun and it works. Like, kudos to them for trying something brand new on their way out, and it worked. Like it worked. Yeah. It feels good. It's fun. It's easy to kill them. You know that when you're shooting the banshees and stuff like that, it works. It's just. You go from being on the ground to that, uh, then to being back in a yeah. ship, and then ending, and that's, it's just it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and I just that's fair. ship stuff amidst the whole game is my least favorite aspect, but I think in of itself, it's extremely well done. It kind of demeans your explanation, but it's the ship thing. Like it's, not, I know you're, you've given a proper explanation. It's not the ship specifically, but ultimately, the inclusion of the ship made the mission feel discombobulated. Yeah, just to summarize, yeah, sure. yeah, so we can go that, that, that makes yeah. sense. No, I think that's fair, but. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead buddy. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say I had some some fun little gamer tags to read off if you were done talking about. Uh, actually, I wanted to say one more thing about Reach. 
if Before that's play. cool. And then you give the gamer tags for sure. It's not cool, Brian. Okay, no, forget it. I had nothing good to say. <laughs> I'm going to say, dude, like, let me clarify. Halo Reach, amazing game. I love it. One of my favorite games of all time because all the Halo, many of the Halo games fall on my favorite games of all time. But I will say this round of playing Reach has made me like, I don't want to say think less of it, but think less of it. I've had less fun this time around with Reach. I, I guess I just, I don't know. I'm just playing it again, and I'm just like, you know what? It's uh, it's not as much fun as the original trilogy of Halo games. And it just, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's really good, you know, but I'm just not having as good of a time this time around. I, I don't, I guess I don't really know why. I guess I just feel like it's one of those deals where it's kind of like a Rogue One, like I said, where it's like, it, en- it enhances the story, but it's kind of pointless. Or not pointless, but it's it, not needed. I don't know. It, it, well, we are playing this differently than how we've ever played it. We're doing this level by level as opposed to ingesting it all yeah. at once. So maybe that's maybe that's part of the Could reason. Like there's just less to there's less to grip me narratively. I guess that's okay. the best thing yeah. to say. Because uh, I guess when I'm I'm in a, I'm in a mode where I want to be gripped narratively, and the game. Much like Rogue One, it doesn't have much to grip you narratively, and that's by design. Would you say that's mm-hmm. fair, Josh? Yeah. And that's great. I mean, that's that's. I'm so glad Reach exists. It's a great game. I don't think any less of it. I just think I'd rather play like, okay, I think Halo Reach's campaign and story is much better than Fives, but I'm in the mood to play Fives more because it's more narratively driven. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was going to say, you know what, just to go off what you said, Brian— and if I can just clarify for those listening, I think, I mean, I pretty much agree because I feel like I feel like what it is is it's not at all that Halo Reach is, is bad or it's worse than we remembered. It's nothing at all of the sort. It's just we're, we come to, like, like, for me personally, playing Halo Reach in this day and age has made me retroactively love and appreciate all the other Halos all the more. And not because it's bad, but I find myself wanting to go back and play Halo 5. I find myself... It just... It put me back in the Halo group for sure. But it also just makes me like... It makes me remember like, oh man, like this campaign's good, but like remember how the, the, you know, Halo 1 through 3 is and remember how like Halo 5 the multiplayer is. And and it just... It's... It it was a... It's a nice spark. Yeah, I I think... And this is like... It's almost like this come to mind. This kind of came to mind my mind right now, and it's because it's such a it's a concept we've kind of thrown out the window, as as like nerds and as quote unquote critics, whatever you want to call that, of you know an, an internet critic, we get into this habit where if we don't like an overall product, we usually just resort to saying it sucked or it's trash, and we we convince ourselves that there was nothing good there at all. When in reality there was, like Halo 5's campaign and story, there was something good there. Like we'd like to say that it was, it just sucked, but there was something good there. You know, I enjoyed my time um, trying to recruit the Arbiter on saying Helios. That was cool. That was fun. Like if I told you that in the next Halo game, you're going to play as this new Spartan who has to go find, go to saying Helios and find the Arbiter. You wouldn't say that that sounds lame. That sounds amazing. It's amazing. It's awesome. And it is it, in the game it's awesome. The problem is the entire story and narrative surrounding that 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 moment itself makes you say that it all sucked, but really it it did it had good parts. There's things in it that were enjoyable. I and maybe you'll disagree with me, Josh. I kind of enjoyed the fight between Locke and, and Master Chief even though they were like slow or whatnot. I know that's a criticism. 
it was kind of cool to just see two Spartans go at it. Looks like Josh doesn't agree. Yeah, I'm wrinkling my face. Okay, right Josh now. doesn't really agree, but um, like I respect. Yeah, that, but though. like uh, exuberant witness, I thought was a neat character that you meet at the end. Oh, she was so cool. Yeah, exactly, I love her. So like, it's easy to just be like, I loved Halo one, two, three. I even liked four, but five was shit. But the truth is, I mean, and, and I'm not, I'm not you. So maybe there was absolutely nothing redeemable about Halo 5 story to you, the listener of this podcast. But I would wager there's probably something good there. And and I guess, like Josh said, like playing Reach, it kind of reignited the spark. And it's like, okay, you know, this is kind of taking me back. Let me look at the other Halo games. What are the things I like? You know, like if I, if I wanted to make a bullet point list of every minute thing I liked about Halo 5, it'd be a pretty long list. Now, it might not be as long as Halo 3 or 2 or whatever, but there's a lot of good stuff there, you know? You know, it's funny, dude. We keep we always come back to Halo 5, to be honest. It's the one game. I don't even think that's just because it's the newest, so to speak, like excluding Halo Wars 2. But, like, I think it just goes to show you, like, dude, Halo 5 is a good game, man. Like, it is. Whatever, whatever you feel about it, like, they still made a good, competent game. Game is a product. It, it's, it's good. Yeah. I look at Halo Five, and I think when I think of the campaign, I think this is actually one of the most fun can like like from a gameplay perspective. Gameplay. It's yeah. one of the most fun. It's I have I have so much fun in it, but the story, yeah, it isn't it isn't as much fun. But so much time has passed that I just I'm able to accept it for what it is, you know. But I love it, and when I play Halo Reach, I'm like, man. When I play that multiplayer, when I play any other Halo multiplayer, I'm like, okay, this is fun. I'm gonna go back on to Halo Five yeah. now. When I play the stories, I'm like, okay, I miss Clamber. I miss, you know, uh, Stabilize. I miss some of those things. I, Halo 5 did a lot good. And, and Reach Reach is just, it, it's a great game. I, the best way I can put it for me is it's really helping me reassess some of my, my the way I looked at some of these other games. And it's just making me realize how each game is its own thing and how they're not, they're all different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like they come from the same parents, but they're all different yeah. children. And you there's know? no reason why Listen one up. has – not liking one has to make you not like the other. Like yeah. you should be able to like Halo 4 but not 5. You should be able to like – you should be able to say, I liked Force Awakens. I really didn't like Last Jedi. Or I liked Last Jedi. I didn't really like Rise of Skywalker. Like there's no reason why – now I understand like as a whole narrative, it can – one movie or one game, whatever, can impact – a prior or future one negatively because they follow the same narrative. But as one concealed piece of media, there's no reason why you should have your enjoyment hampered. You know, I can go to Halo 5 and say, this one thing in Halo 5 was awesome, or this one thing in Halo 5 was better than any other Halo. And that can be true, but also can still be mean that the story of 5 is the worst. You know, they each have different things to offer. So that's my, that's the end of my, uh, TED Talk there. Yeah, I'm, I'm still having a blast. Like, I'm having such a blast playing through this again. There's so much stuff I just... I hadn't played it in years, yeah. so it's a nice refresher. But uh, Gamer tags, Yeah, it's, it's making... Oh, sorry, gamer I tags? Well, I, yeah, you, you totally did cut me off. It's cool, man. It's well, you can, you can keep going, stuff. man. I'm just... No, I was just going to say, dude, I, I'm i still having fun with it. And that's the thing. Brian and I are still having a great time playing through Halo Reach. It's just, I think... As we've gotten older and the years have been kind, we've rounded out our opinions of some of uh, the other Halo games. And, like, Halo Reach now, I think, has gone down a bit on the list. It's something we still love. Yes. We're still glad it's there. We don't want it to not exist. But some of these other games have started to outshine it now. And that, that's also a good thing. Also goes to you know, show you, that, like, 
just because people rank us something, it's not going to stay that way forever. Like we'd love to, ad- exactly. we'd love to admit that our ranking is so definitive it'll never change, but that's bull, and we know it. No, uh, dude. I'll, once I'm dead, if I if I pass away before you, I'll probably still come back from the dead and try to give you my new uh, ranking. Yeah, yeah. Josh Charles. would be like, "Hey, Brian, can you get on Letterboxd and uh, make sure you put Attack of the Clones uh, in front of uh, uh, New Hope, please? Thank you." Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So gamer tag guys. Uh, these are some interesting ones. Uh, yeah, we're gonna start off with someone called Graceful Fiber. Graceful, Brian. When I saw that, yeah, when I saw that, I thought that's a Brian gamer tag. Graceful right Fiber. Like that's the kind. Yeah, I really like. My first thought was like, this is either something Brian would come up with for an alt account, or like something that Microsoft would have randomized and generated for you. You know, like just Graceful I mean, Fiber. Like all I think of, fi- all I think of with that is like people eat fiber so they can pass gas. So it's like, what's graceful <laughs> about that? is gracefully passing gas because of fiber uh then we have next up the john thick with two c's john thick (laughs) with two c's he's a thick boy the john thick josh before you say that one can i tell you this funny like really quick story it has to do with fiber but not really (laughs) yes please so this is one of the this is this is ridiculous but it's one of the funniest fart stories I've ever heard. And it's not like a it's not a crass one. It's not like we're immature. I'm just this is just a legitimate story. Oh, I am immature. Okay. So <laughs> when I was about seven years old, my parents had a realtor over to our house so he could look inspect the house because they were going to put it up for sale. Oh no. And at the time I had a CD player, you know, like the ones that you actually put a CD in and they'd skip if you didn't if you moved them. <laughs> yeah. So I had my headphones on. I'm listening to a CD and my parents are out on the couch talking to this realtor about the house. And I wanted to eat dinner, and I was waiting for the realtor to leave. So I go out to the living room where, the, where my parents are talking to the realtor with my headphones on. And I go up to my mom's ear, and I whisper, when is he leaving? And then I fart. <laughs> and because, because I had the headphones on, I didn't realize that I shouted. <laughs> I shouted, when is he leaving? <laughs> so my parents were just embarrassed beyond Never belief. Told me this. Oh my God. Because like you didn't. I didn't register that my headphones were making sound. So I talked really loud and then just blew ass. <laughs> so my realtor sitting across the room as you just watch this kid come up and be like, when is he leaving? Oh, dude, yeah. that's hilarious. You've never told me that story. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. Holy crap. I can't believe it so to this day. Oh, man. My mom My mom said she was so embarrassed. <laughs> like, that's my son. He wants you to get the hell out of here, and he's ripped ass. <laughs> that's That gamer tag of Graceful Fiber is probably that realtor. <laughs> <laughs> my realtor. My realtor goes by the gamer tag Graceful Fiber. I will never forget. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. Uh... Thank you for that, man. Next up is Cookie Man's with a Z. Everything is going to be downhill Cookie from that Man's. story. Like that, you just oh, you you peak. I'm sorry, Cookie Man's. No, you're good. I love it. I love it. Hmm. Next up is Better Lasagna. Better Lasagna. <laughs> that better that better be because it has ricotta cheese. That's what the, like, the funny thing is. Is it's spelled completely. It, it's spelled 100 percent correctly. Like Better Space Lasagna. No underscore. No weird numbers. No nothing. Like it's just okay. <laughs> like it made me think of Garfield. I just pictured Garfield playing. That's probably uh, then we have gamer is Garfield. The, I'm gonna say this really fast. The kicks balls. The kicks. <laughs> what? 
That's pretty funny. The kicks balls. It's almost like he's like, let me set you up for my legendary name. My name is the kicks balls. Yeah, the kicks balls. Nice pie. Okay. <laughs> Next up is Toe Chunk. Toe Chunk. Weird. Captain Knucklehead. We got Chris, a.k.a. Jimmy. I've never heard of that before. It's like someone's name being like yeah. Richard, and then he's like, a.k.a. Dick, you know, or something. Hey, my but name's no. Brian, a.k.a. Tom. What? Yeah. Yeah. Then we got Chubby Kid. Uh, and then my favorite uh, in all caps, Wham Bam Jiggy Bam. Okay. And Brian's like. I think different. I think my favorite was probably uh, John Thick Two C's. John Thick. I, 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 when I saw Wham Bam Jakey Bam, I was like, when I saw that in the the pregame screen, I knew I was going to be in for a tough battle. Man, you know what I could go for after this. Probably don't have time, but some Rocket League. Dude, that's good to hear, man. I like. That's what not what I wanted you to say, Josh. I wanted you to say you play with me. I just don't know if I can. Okay, well, let's move on to the... We'll see, Brian. We'll see, Brian. Ask the question, but, uh, you want me to ask the question of the day? Yeah, I want to hear the question. Okay, well... We'll see, though. Oh, I love that. You gave me a little after-show sizzle. Here we go. Okay, let's see here. So the question was... This is I love this question, I and I wrote it, so it's good. <laughs> like, as soon as I said I love it, I'm like, of course you do, you asshole. You wrote it. When you posted that, like, right before you did, you thought it was going to be cool, and it then was cool. it was cool. Oh. There it is, guys. We're back. Now we back in 2020. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. You're just saying instead of me, and that was incredible. That was different. Wow. Like, we flipped the script there. All right. Here's a question, guys. It doesn't happen that often, but every now and then you stumble across something that completely catches you off guard, fascinates you, and draws you in. For us, that was Halo. Josh is low-key thinking his head right now. Actually, it was Star Wars, but you go ahead. <laughs> Do you remember what it was like the first time you actually saw Halo? Where were you, and what was it like? Had a bunch of good responses, so many that I would like to read them all, but I don't have time to read them all, so we're just going to read the, the ones I chose here. Um, usually, I read your guys' handle off after your name, but the the, the matter in which I, I snapshotted these uh, tweets uh, it's cut off a little, so you will be tagged in the episode properly, but I'll probably just say the name you, you go by instead of your handle. Um, so the first one's from Simon-RWBY-Spoilers, uh, uh, and he says, I was a bitter 10-year-old because my older brother sold his Dreamcast in order to pay for an Xbox. After playing co-op with him and my older bro- my other brothers for a couple of hours, I warmed up to it and eventually fell in love with Halo. Josh, how would you felt if your brother sold your dream, sold his Dreamcast for this? Man, I get it, dude. Dreamcast is my favorite console of all time. Love Shenmue. Love the 2K games that started on there. So many cool stuff on the Dreamcast. I would have been pretty butthurt to say the Dreamcast least. is but, like the coolest console that doesn't deserve it. Like, I, I, it sounds bad, but like it's the coolest console that doesn't have a plethora of games to make it deserve that status. It's just such a cool console. Yeah, dude, I, I remember the commercial where like it had the do do do, and then you hear the it's thinking. Huh. I would love the promotional campaign. Dude, memory cards with the screen. That system was just badass. Oh. And the freaking you can in the controllers. You know, you know Xbox. You could play stuff. online games with dial up internet. Oh, I loved oh, it, man. And, and the just the two K games, the graphics on there were mind blowing yeah, back in the day, going from PlayStation and stuff. But uh, yeah, I but get, yeah, when it comes down to it, I don't blame you, man. You see Halo, easy to forget about the Dreamcast. Yeah, I mean, when when I initially first uh, had heard of Halo, I was just like, hey, it put Xbox on the radar for me, but I was also like 
still love my PlayStation. Still going to keep playing my PlayStation. It wasn't until I actually saw it that I was like, wow, and if you, I got to have an Xbox. And I could be wrong, but if you, if you removed Halo's existence from the Xbox, there might be more good games on the Dreamcast, to be honest with you. It's close. What do you mean? Like I'm saying, if you didn't have it, Halo on the Xbox, like Dreamcast library may have had more gems than the Xbox. Oh, I see. It's possible. I don't know for sure. But Yeah. It was still Kotor and Morrowind yeah. stand out. Those are still Well, I guess we go off but exclusives, anyway. but then again that, that yeah. limits the Dreamcast significantly too. So anyways, next one. I really like this one Pretty because this uh <clears throat> this is exactly how I felt. Um Okay. So this was from Cleb Maher. Sorry if I mispronounced that. I know we've had you uh, mention on here before. He's at Cleb Mayer. The first time I saw anything from it beyond the Halo 2 Steelbook at Dad's was the Halo 2 opening. It was the same day I sat in awe of said opening cutscene. Its music, art, dialogue, and cinematography has left a very long-lasting impact on me. And he posts a picture of the Arbiter going to trial with the Prophets at the beginning of Halo 2. And the reason I picked this one is because, dude, I was the same way. Because here's the thing. I didn't even play Halo 1. I played Halo 2 first. When Halo 2 started and I saw this gold elite getting marched into a trial by these brutes and the prophets and them talking about his heresy and his failure and them burning him, I had no freaking idea what was going on. I didn't have the slightest clue, but I was absolutely entranced by the cinematography and what was happening. All I knew was I wanted to be a part of this world and I wanted to stay in it because it was so fascinating. But I had no clue what was going on. What do you think, Josh? No, I get that. I mean, it wasn't the same experience for me. Obviously, I played Halo One first, but yeah, I could, I can definitely understand that. I you mean, think of that cutscene though, like in oh, I was gripped. I mean, it definitely had me curious as to what's going on because, like, you didn't really get to see the Covenant perspective before, so that was an entirely new thing in Halo. Yeah. You know, like, and right from the get go, like they don't waste nope. any time; they they jump you right into it. But so. and that's funny. That I'm was, glad you said that, Josh, because that's a good. We could compare that to Halo Five, how they jump you right into Osiris, but you can tell you can tell in Halo Two, they very slowly built up the Arbiter and, and gave you the proper background so that when you did start to play as him, even though it was a shock, you'd already played as Master Chief for several levels and you'd seen enough background to be prepared for that moment. Yeah, they were holding our hand, guiding us into like a bit of uh, out of our comfort zone with Halo, and we just didn't know it until exactly. it happened. So they did very well with that. Very good mention. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. This next one is from Ruling Moss 55. He is at Nathan McCallum. I remember my first time seeing it. I was five on the top bunk pretending to sleep, but instead of sleeping, I was watching my brother play Halo 3 with a friend of his, and it wasn't until two years later that I got the OG Xbox with Combat Evolved and actually recognized the assault rifle instantly. So it makes it sound like oh. he uh, he knew that they were the same because of the assault rifle. Uh, but the reason I picked this one, dude, is because, and I can't relate as much because I was the oldest brother, but it's such a typical, like, childhood thing to have that, like, your brother's doing something you can't or your older brother's doing something cool and you can't be involved, but you kind of sneak, you sneak your way in or you kind of, just so you can see what's going on and be a part of it. I know that was my little brother because I was the oldest and a lot of times I was doing cool stuff with my friends and he just wanted, he just wanted to be present and sometime that was a fight because I wouldn't let him in the Aww. room, you know? But he just wanted to be present for it. Great. So, what do you think, Josh? You got any like experience? Oh with that? yeah, I mean, not as much that with the siblings, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, but the, man, I wonder, like, uh, if you're listening to this, man, definitely like 
tweeted us and, and let us know, like, was that at all like frustrating? Cause you, I'm sure if I was in that position, I would have wanted to play halo three specifically. If that's the first one I saw and I was like captivated by, and then I get, you know, the OG Xbox and I play halo one and stuff like that's that. That's true. You probably wanted to play like, three. But. Yeah. I was going to say like, let me, let me know. I'm, I'm genuinely curious about that, but either way, I'm sure it was still a great time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I get that though. I mean, I definitely get that. <clears throat> uh, next one we have is from Manus. He is at mm-hmm. ManU962K. This uh, he says he says the year was 2007. I was seven years old. I have never seen. I'm sorry. I'm he actually talked properly. I haven't talked properly. Let me restart. The year was 2007. I was seven years old. I had never seen a gaming console before. So just looking at my new friend's original white Xbox 360 was fascinating. We switched the thing on and popped in Halo 3, and my god, did the theme song scare me. But playing co-op <laughs> campaign was just incredible. So I picked this for a couple reasons. One, he says that the theme song scared him. That's funny, dude. I like that. In Halo 3? Yeah, so it must have been like a, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh my, what is that? I could see how that. Me too. Be. I'm so accustomed to it, it's yeah, hard to He was not. seven, you know, so yeah. that makes sense. Uh, but then he says, uh, "If I'd heard that as a kid, that would have been like that damn ass THX sound coming on." Oh yeah, yeah, it's super loud. Yeah. Doesn't sound like that at all, but yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and then he says, "Co-op playing co-op campaign was just incredible." I think no matter who you are, like if you're if you're a Halo fan, even if you're like a single player guy or a solo guy, most all of us have at least one really good memory of doing a co-op campaign. That's just a big part of that's part of Halo's blood is co-op campaign, and that's obviously you can do co-op without split screen, but that's another reason why the Halo Five not having split screen is such a big deal. It's just in the DNA of Halo. I just thought of that. So yeah, very good, uh, very good response. Absolutely. <sighs> the next one is from Gus hashtag not 2013. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's cool. <laughs> and he is at G underscore USS underscore. And he says, the first time I played Halo was in 2001, playing 343 Guilty Spark, that's Josh's favorite level, in a save of a friend. So he says he started on that level because it was a different friend's save. I was stunned by it. I never looked back to the other console I was looking for, and I got an Xbox and Halo CE. Best decision ever. I love Halo since then, 18 years ago. So he started with the original Halo, but he started with the level that has the plot twist because he played on a friend's... Account. that's pretty cool that's different that's different yeah that's very different i'm not ever heard i'm never not to mention to have the level that gripped him to be the one that's like quiet and mysterious doesn't have much to fight until you meet the flood that's gotta be cool though because then you go back and you play the game from the beginning and you're like okay where are the flood like there's none of yeah, this where are, they where are they and then then you get to see what came after and you're like oh man this is amazing you know they like, probably like assuming he played the rest of the game from that point on probably made him want to go back and play the beginning, yeah. right? I mean, that's just to see how you get to that point. That's cool. Yeah. That's a definitely different. like, I mean, even for like, I started in Halo 2. So, like, when I went back and played Halo 1, I got to see the origin of the flood reveal and it was like, oh, okay. You know, so yeah, very cool. Um, next one is from Abraham May Majaya. I'm probably saying that wrong. I apologize. Uh, this is one of the handles I can't read off because it's cut off, but you will you'll be mentioned still. Um, the first time I heard about Halo was in 2010. That's pretty late. Um, some of my classmates played Reach after school, but I never got in- into Halo until 2016 with Halo Anniversary on the MCC. So yeah, I'm a recent fan of the series. 
Hmm. So hey, that's bad. That's cool. And welcome to the group. That's man. that's yeah. one reason amongst many why the MCC should exist because that is a way it's Absolutely. bringing new Halo fans in, dude. And it's making like an eighteen year old, well, nineteen year old game almost now. It's making it relevant because it's in the MCC. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. Never you're never too late to be a Halo fan for sure. Uh, and and man, it's so good that the MCC is there because it just makes it easy to play these games in 2020. And the first one came out in 2001. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I didn't even have a beard then. <laughs> I have gray. Every time you say that, it makes me think of uh, the Grinch. He's like, you're eight years old and you have a beard. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's such um, okay, let's see here. So, oh, Very cool. Yeah, it's, I'm so glad that we're getting Halo fans now. And like MCC is just, you buy one package and you can get completely caught up, except for five. But I think five is going to be there one day, probably not anytime soon. And plus, you can play it on Game Pass if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so like, sure. Yeah, super. They're all so accessible. I'm totally going to mispronounce this name as well. I apologize. This is from Natasha Ayla Nahimana. I was playing Gears of War 1. Well, she says Gal 1. That could be God of War, but I'm thinking it was probably gears of war. oh i see yeah i probably because as she mentions halo 3 i was playing gears of war 1 when a friend showed me halo 3 and i was like what are those little triangles with a squeaky voice parentheses grunts hell no i'm too busy being marcus phoenix i'm an idiot she just said marcus phoenix i forgot <laughs> it's definitely gears of war so i missed the opportunity then picked up reach much later and ever since halo became my biggest love so it sounds like she was a little put off by like the corniness of a grunt squeaking and running around. She she wanted something more edgy like Gears of War. I get okay. that. I get that because Fair I'm enough. I'm more of somebody who likes the more edgy stuff as well. And sometimes that can be kind of a, a put off when you have something like colorful and, and goofy. But yeah, I think I'm the opposite. But I totally respect. Yeah, that. I figured I mean, you I, were. I can see like I I see the appeal of of the. The more edginess. Because like, if I could choose like Star Wars aesthetic, I'd have all the aesthetic for all Star Wars probably be Rogue One. And I'm guessing, which movie would you pick, Josh? I'm guessing you pick like Return of the Jedi. Aesthetic wise, maybe not. I did love the like. Are you talking about all nine? Films? All nine films were shot in the exact same aesthetic. Oh man, yeah, probably Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah I love Luke's outfit. I loved it. That's just so iconic. But anyway, uh, I'm not here to wax nostalgia about. How great he was dressed. Uh, yeah. No, I, I completely, completely understand. Kind of cool that's that fair. she started, when she actually started, was with Reach. That's the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one is from Ian Retz at Skyrim Halo 01. I don't know exactly when, but when I was younger, my dad and I would play Halo 2 against each other, and I've been playing ever since. Very simple comment, but the reason I picked it is because I love memories of playing video games with my dad. Hasn't happened in a long time. Have you ever played video games with your parents? Either one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember my mom getting getting genuinely frustrated at a golf game. She was getting so (laughs) mad that she almost started crying, and it was so adorable. I was like, "Mom, it's okay. This is how you do this." My dad and uh, would play like uh, he would play Wolfenstein back in the day, and then uh, uh, he actually kind of got me into some Star Wars games because he had uh, there was this one that played a lot like Doom. It was Dark Forces. It was oh, yeah. Star Wars Dark Forces and like that was it was just a Star Wars version of Doom and like that was fun and, and he's you know he's played a little bit of Halo and, and stuff like that and I remember showing him Red Dead Redemption 2 and yeah that stuff's it's they're fun memories you know like my parents aren't really big gamers but they they've never 
they've never uh, they've never not supported me with that stuff. It concerns so, me because so. my dad actually played games a lot until I was about ten, and now he doesn't have any interest. It makes so you're worried you're gonna yeah. Get it makes me worried I'm gonna be like I don't like a new Halo, and I'll be like yeah, I don't feel like playing video games. I don't want to be that. I love video games. Um, I used to yeah, watch. I don't see it happen. I think one of my best memories is like my mom used to work at Payless Shoe Source uh, every weekday night, and my dad would drop her off at work, and then me and Creighton would watch my dad play Quake 2 on the PlayStation 1 for like four hours straight until we went and picked my mom back up from work. Um, and it was just fun watching my dad play. I mean, it's, it's weird to think my dad used to actually have like gaming inhibitions because nowadays he like he gets sick if he plays a game too long because of the motion. So. Yeah. I have this distinct memory of playing Gears of War multiplayer with Justin. And my dad came into the room and I was trying to show him you know, what kind of game that was. And like... I had ended up flanking somebody, and as I'm doing that and about to go in for the kill, Dad, like, they can all hear Dad, you know, echoing into the mic. Like, get him, get him, get him! <laughs> and he's screaming and everything. <laughs> like, and then I killed him, and my dad was, you know, he swore a bit and stuff like that. And, it was, and Justin was laughing. I was laughing. It was so funny. But I think my dad definitely got the the intensity. He got to see just how competitive it can be. And it was it was cool. There's so many so many different moments. Like that's yeah, that's a topic for another time in a way. But yeah, that's definitely wholesome. I, I like the worst it. one I get was from my grandpa. Every time my grandpa would show up, I'd be playing like oh, Skyrim yeah. or something, and he'd be like, "Well, are you winning?" <laughs> I'd be like, and then I'd say, "Grandpa, Apparently- I'm not winning. The game doesn't have it. Doesn't you don't win. It doesn't end. And you just keep playing." And he's like, yeah. and he go, "What's the point in playing a game that you can't win?" And you just walk away. <laughs> okay thanks grandpa thanks for that oh uh, that's funny the first time i showed my brother grand theft auto 3 i literally just went onto his street whipped out a baseball bat and just beat someone to death because to me at the time that was like the coolest thing i'd ever seen in a video game and he just watched me repeatedly do that and he was just like oh seems cool <laughs> <laughs> like you kind of weirded out it's just like uh <laughs> hmm abusive yeah yeah. <laughs> um, so the next one is from Ryan at Ryan Fernance. He says, I was, okay, now I picked this one because so many people said this and it's so cliched, but this guy got the opportunity of being the one I chose. His response is, I was blinded by its majesty, paralyzed, <laughs> dumbstruck. <laughs> He said, it was Christmas 2001, and I got the Xbox Massive Entertainment Pack with a console, Halo, Jet Set Radio Future, Sega GT, and the DVD remote accessory. I didn't touch anything but Halo for months. I chose this one Dang. because it's nostalgia, because I'm picturing all everything he got. Like The DVD remote accessory, dude, was ridiculous because the console had the complete capabilities to play DVDs right out of the box, but they made it so you had to pay $40 for the remote and sensor because there was no way to press play on the DVD unless you bought the remote. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they didn't require memory cards, so... but True, yeah. but it was like... It was like... It was the first time. You could have just let us Ridiculous. use... Let's just it. use the controller and we would have been fine. It. I know, you know it. So... Oh, PlayStation 2 had some issues playing DVDs too on certain TVs, I remember it as well. Like, I used to have some issues. Like... Yeah, it was annoying. But uh, do you remember, like, I remember, even though I never was, like, a huge fan of them, I remember, like, Jet Set Radio Future and Sega GT being everywhere. Like, I yeah. think I owned them no, both at one point. I have several friends that that is one of their favorite games, like, 
top five category. Yeah. They want that remade so much. I see it. Yeah, my favorite podcast I listen to, the the guys talk about how they want a remake of Jet Set Radio Future. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, I've never played it myself, but I get it. I mean, obviously means people, it obviously means it's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, final response here we have for this question is from Alex um, RWBY Spoilers. I, I can't see his handle at the moment, so I'll have to tag him in that. It says, I vividly remember when my dad got me an Xbox for my fourth birthday, and it happened to come with Halo 2. Wait a minute. He got an Xbox and Halo 2 for his fourth birthday? That's what's up, Four man. years old? You're the coolest dad in the world. What the hell? <laughs> I'd play the game when no one was looking, and I'm so glad I did. Everything I love today comes from that game, and I love it with all my heart. The game basically made me. Very, that's very so wholesome. cool, man. That's how I feel about, you know what? I love Halo, but that's how I feel about Star Wars. Something that just clicked, same and here. it just defined same here about, uh, the rest of the way I got into things. Same here about Halo. Um, you know, I know Lord of the Rings is my favorite thing, but Halo was the first thing I... I got into that really opened up the the fictional world opened up like the yeah. possibility it just made you like super obsessed yep. i mean i was into things before then like power rangers and and x-men and all you know all different kinds of stuff like batman as well but like when i saw star wars it was just like it clicked and suddenly i was like i want as much yep. of this as possible blew everything up enough. for you i yeah. get it. i think everybody so has I, one I, of those I, things you know yeah no it, it it's it's insane how much when you think about that, how that really shifts you onto a different like path in life. Because I mean, like I, I think for even for me, like I don't know if I could have necessarily loved Lord of the Rings as much as I do, were it not for me getting into Star Wars when I did. It's just I don't know how to explain it, but it's just it it it, it just opened doors for me. Yeah. You know, and it's in its way. Like I mean, if it wasn't it's, for it's so hard to explain. If it wasn't yeah. for Star Wars for you and Halo for me, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Like this is a product yep. of that. Yeah. Um, so, but hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say, um, if you haven't realized by now, if you comment on any one of our questions on the Sacred Icon Halo Twitter, there's a very good chance you'll get mentioned on the podcast. If uh, I, I would say if you post something good, but it doesn't necessarily have to be good. It just has to be something I happen to pick, you know, because I only pick so many, and there's a lot of responses. But if you guys want to have your response read right on here, definitely respond to any of those questions. Do it. Um, I am the Senate. <laughs> uh, but, Josh, I'll go ahead and go over the Discord Patreon real quick and then send it to you. Go for it, bud. Uh, guys, we're on Discord. Um, I don't know how the slash works. Is it discord.gg slash sacred icon halo, or do you just... I think... I, I can't remember. That would make sense. But you sense. can find that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. that would make sense. And the on link's on Twitter. It's also on our website at sacrediconhalo.com. Um, but if you want to find us on Discord... Um, just go to Sacred Icon Halo on Discord, and we have a general discussion where we talk about everything. Then we have an episode discussion where we talk about specifically what's in the episode. Got quite a bit of people in there. Everyone's welcome. Great time talking about stuff. I don't care if you want to talk about Halo or if you want to talk about uh, Mini Coopers and, I don't know, just random stuff. Talk about Mini Coopers, Mini Coopers and corn dog sausages. I don't know. Or whether you prefer, like, wheat bread yeah. or... There you go. We'll talk about it all. Um, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash sacrediconhalo. Um, I feel like in the future we're going to be revamping that because, I don't know, I guess it could it could use more thought. But right now we just have one tier called Sacred, Become Sacred, uh, for $1. And if you guys want to support monetarily, 
throw $1 on there. Um, it just shows you guys appreciate what we're doing. But it also shows that you guys appreciate what we're doing just by listening to these podcasts, um, to commenting on our Twitter, just being involved in any way. Uh, you can leave us a rating on iTunes, leave us five stars. That'd be cool. Um, just help out. any, Just, just being a part of uh, our crew, just being on Discord, anything. That's what we really appreciate. We're not here to make a living, um, but we would definitely like to give the option if you guys want to support monetarily. So we're there. Um, but, yeah, Josh, I'll throw it over to you to take us out. Oh, yeah, you can find us anywhere else, guys, you know, podcast. If there's not somewhere that we're available, let us know and we'll make it happen. So we want to be as available as possible uh, to meet your preferences for podcasting. So, But, yeah, guys, thanks so much for tuning into this. It is great to be back. Love it. Suddenly, I'm, 2020. Just, I'm so hyped right now just thinking about it. I just It feels so good, dude, to, 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 to do this with you, Brian. Dude, this so is – we're going to look – we're going to come back to this episode right here and we're going to listen to it after Infinite's come out. We're going to – Right? Gonna like, this was the first episode of 2020. When we were hyped, we didn't. We had no idea that Master Chief was going to punch Lord Hood in the face, or whatever happens. How dare he? How dare know. he do that this to Ron Perlman? Make yeah. your hot take you know what, right now, Josh. It's still crazy. Oh, make what, make, like make a random stupid ass. Per- Master Chief is going to befriend a grunt, and they're going to go on the adventure together. He's going to basically replace Cortana, and they're going to hold hands. Like like he's going to be like it's going to be like in in Fable two when you could like or maybe it's Fable three when you oh, could hold somebody's yeah, hand and run with them. Yeah, except like when you that. go upstairs, like when you go upstairs, you gotta, they can't gotta babysit like a, a chosen one grunt. You know, sure, dude. Yeah, actually, I, I'm calling I, it. My hot take is Lord Hood actually becomes a Spartan. Is he still bald though? Um. Well, he's lost his limbs. So. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just gonna be hopping. So around. he no, he has robotic like. Actually, he's in a grunt suit. Lord Hood is a Spartan, but he's in a grunt body. <laughs> That's my hot take. That's so. That's weird. creepy, dude. <laughs> That's uh, stuff a nightmare. No, I need. I. I. If any of you guys by any chance are, are artists and you like to draw, please sketch that for us, and and you can you can tweet. If it I see a Lord Hood oh. in a mini grunt <laughs> limbless. Spartan suit. I'm gonna be oh freaking terrified, dude. That would be hilarious. Uh, but yeah, you can find uh, Brian at Brian's Band. You can find me at Jovial Joshi. Uh, tweet at us. Uh, hit us up uh, with questions, anything, any feedback you want at Sacred Icon Halo. If you guys want to write in, you can do so at Sacred Icon Halo gmail.com as well as the Patreon and Discord that Brian mentioned, and the website at Sacred Icon Halo.com. So thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I, Brian and I were so excited to finally do this. It feels so good to be back. And we look forward to talking and interacting with you guys about Halo as we ramp up to Halo Infinite later this year. So he's Brian. I'm Joshua. And as always, you've been tuning in to the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Keep it sacred, guys. Peace. Peace.